Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane in Australia, and broadcasting from the great province of Alberta. It's episode 108 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we talk all things NFL with the cigar surgeon, John McTavish. And as always, Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrels wrappers with thick high priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend the balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo WH 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo 23, Perdomo Minso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars of Cuba, it's a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamster Valley and Honduras, who we all wrote, they're going to challenge a growing Corojo from the original seeds, and in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Hootness and Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Limited Edition, each representing that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. I think you actually. <laughs> and I want to mention um, Tobacco USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Roman Leader, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened Cigars by Drew Estate. <laughs> Let's try that again. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Pocket Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. It's a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, espresso that's perfect for life celebration and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network Casinos is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show. Right. Welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, episode 108. Uh, this is a first week in September edition um, on the eve of the uh, NFL season. This is Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios here on the Black Stage. And I'm joined uh, by my good friend and colleague located in the great country of Australia, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello, Coop. I'm excited to talk sports. I don't get to talk much sports out here. Most American sports anyway. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Um. You know, Dave, it's kind of like been a little bit of an offshoot. I think we've had of the show over the years. You know, we have obviously we do a music topic every week, and we've you know you being down in Australia, it's it's kind of sports talk has kind of made its way in here because it it has provided you a platform mm-hmm. to do that. So you know, last. This year, we've kind of tried to incorporate some sports and music themes. And obviously, we do the Super Bowl ha- show every year and the halftime show thing every year. So uh, we, you and I did an NBA show uh, a few weeks ago. We've talked about this show for a while. And we, you know, we figured who, who would be a better guest to bring on, Dave, than uh, this guest, right? Yes. Um, he is the Conscious Canadian, the Cigar Surgeon. Jet super fan. Jet super fan. All-around great guy. From the great province of Alberta in the Calgary metropolitan area, Mr. John McTavish, the cigar surgeon. Thank you, gentlemen. It's a pleasure being on. Any opportunity to trash talk my own team is a welcome opportunity because, uh, as you're talking about in the green room, there's no such thing as a fair weather Jets fan. And the only optimistic Jets fans are new Jets fans who just don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> so. I got to ask before we get into this, like if we're, if we're looking at like, say, like the hope meter, right? And we're, you know, 10 is like super optimistic. One is like the season is, you know, don't even start it. It's terrible. Like as a Jets fan, where are you sort of on the hope meter this year? See, it's the hope that kills you and Dave. And and that's what uh, that's what crushed a lot of Jets fans back in 09 to 2010. Actually, 2010 was a soul crusher. 2010 was a legitimate mm. backbreaking soul crusher for a lot of Jets fans. So I would say I am to use the DP scale. Uh, I'm at a six point item at six point five. I okay. am. And and people might think, you know, how can you how can you beat a six point five with with you know stack defense, a, an offense that people can't stop talking about? Because it's the hope that kills you. So if I let the hope get out of control, <laughs> and then the Jets let me down, which you know, as they say, uh, your girlfriend may not screw you over on the weekend, but the Jets will always screw you on the weekend. Um, <laughs> you know, I just gotta I gotta keep it restrained. So. Okay. Uh, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. Uh, I hope it doesn't bite me. You would know, that, yeah. For the, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, for the DP scale, would Aaron give it a give it like a five? Wouldn't go back. Would that be his uh, <laughs> his rate of it? Five. I don't, don't think I, I would mean, turn he, to this one. He doesn't really follow NFL. Um, oh right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think with you know. The expectations really churn on Rodgers being with the team. So with, without Rodgers on the mm. team, if I don't know if you've watched the Hard Knocks, but like if if Zach Wilson was starting, I told my wife, if Zach Wilson was the starting quarterback for the Jets in 2023, I probably wouldn't even watch this season because I just couldn't take it again. Wow. Um, like it was just it, it was just the it was the worst football. And for people who didn't watch the Jets, because there's a lot of people who look at box scores and they don't really watch the games, the Jets literally, I think they had a, I think they, they were four games last year they won. And it seems like they had a terrible year. The funny thing is, if the Jets had an average quarterback in 2022, yeah. an average quarterback, they literally would have had five to six more wins mm. in that season. That's how close those games were. Uh, like the, the Patriots game, they literally all they needed was a, was a field goal 
a field goal to win the game and they couldn't even muster together a field goal. So any competent quarterback that came in there, the Jets would have made the playoffs last year. That's that's how that's how depressing the season was. See you know, now, and I'll turn it over to you, Coop, but yeah, this but I, is why I love it. Look, look at the fire John's bringing. We haven't even started about <laughs> talking about the AFC East yet. Look at the fire, the passion. You know, there's something historic to hear about this season, right? And it has nothing to do with really Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, if you like, I, I, you know, I, I spent many years in New York. I grew up in New York, and you know, 1994 was the year that the Rangers won the Stanley Cup after a 54 year drought. Mm-hmm. This year, the Jets are hitting the 54 year drought for a Super Bowl. So if they don't win it, they will officially eclipse that Rangers mark, and they'll be going into a 55th season with, with without a championship. So I think it, it is something pretty historic, and it's on a, you know it, it's on some people's minds uh, as far as that goes because that is a big that was kind of the baseline for futility in new york sports was the was that 54 year um was that 54 year streak and then the, the knicks would be the next team behind knicks that be, yeah um they're actually the knicks only a year behind that no the knicks are like four years behind that i'm sorry wow because it was 73 so um the jets right now have all that pressure on them and it's very and I'm, we're gonna get into it because i have some thoughts on 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 the team this year for sure, I, I know you have. I know you have some pretty good office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Job security. Ah, absolutely. I I think absolutely. Um, Sala is absolutely right. The thing that's saving Robert Sala right now is that he hasn't coached a, a game this season, and the Yankees and Mets are basically taking all the pressure off of him right now. But once October mm. comes around, it's going to be a different story. Uh, in fact, I could. I think it could be a different story. John, I think if the Jets, I think you and I talked about. It. I think if they drop, they have a tough schedule those first few games. They drop that first game, it's going to be brutal. They go listen, yeah. Buffalo's not going to be an easy game for them. Yeah, listen, New York Jets to open the season in New York on Monday night, September eleventh. I mean, first of all, I mean that's a that's a very emotional night Absolutely. for a lot of New Yorkers yeah. and a lot of Americans. Mm-hmm. And then you add on to that by it's a home game. And then you, and then you double down because they're facing their, their vaunted divisional opponent, the bills. I mean, I don't know how expectations could be any higher for that game. And I think that, and we'll get, we'll get into it in a little bit, but uh, I think I think that game is going to set the tone for the entire season. And the Jets, not only do the Jets need to win that game, but they actually need to come out and 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 make a statement where they, you know, and I don't know whether they can do it, but they literally need to beat the Bills by ten points or more as a statement game to start the season. Otherwise, the New York media is going to feast on the Jets. Yeah, but here's your. Yeah, but you're yeah. you're out, John. Your out that you could use is the year that Brady won the Super Bowl in similar circumstances. They got done by like 35 and he like forgot it was fourth down and it was just abysmal. And then they turned around, won the Super Bowl. So you always could, you know, you could have that to fall back on. Yeah. I think the difference here for a lot of viewers out there who may not be aware, I think New York media is, is in my opinion, it's the hardest, most vicious sports media market. 
mm-hmm. and they already have it out for the Jets, whether the Jets are stacked on 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 players or not. Um, and the and whenever the Jets sort of rise above their station, and we saw this in t- 2009, 2010, whenever they sort of rise above their station of being a middling team, it's it's almost like a a pastime to just pick on them ruthlessly. Uh, you know, how dare the Jets have any aspirations at trying to make the Super Bowl? Um, how, how dare they have any aspirations of being a competitive football team? And so it's sort of this dual-edged sort of like, you know, they need to be successful and they show success and the, and the sports media still is just like, they'll find every possible negative thing to say about the, the team and the football. And this goes from the sports, the, the beat writers all the way to just the, you know, New York post and the, um, and the, what's the other, uh, daily news, well, was daily news, the daily news just eviscerates the jets. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a rough ride. You know, let me just Let's, read you this. Oh, go ahead. Let me read you the six first games that the jets have Buffalo Monday night at home at Dallas, New England at home, mm. Kansas mm. city at home. At Denver, Eagles at home. Mm. That's tough. Those are all tough games. I, mean, I, I would say New England's a, a division rival game, and Denver, it's always hard to go out out there and win. The, Those are tough the, the games. New England game's in uh, Foxborough, isn't it? Uh, it says home. It says it's a home game. It oh. says here. Um, I, wonder, I wonder who they paid they, off to make that happen. Because they actually close out the season with New England in New England on January 7th. Oh. Mm. And of course, famously, wow. Rogers is is. Uh, I think if you go back and look at, he's always a slow starter. He's like Brady; he's a slow starter in the season. Um, so you stack that many tough opponents at the beginning yeah. of the season. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just saying it could get know. it could be an ugly start quickly. They could be 0 2 going into that possible New England game. Mm. And look, you got to be honest; they could be under. They, they, they those those are losable games for the Jets. Uh, no matter how good they are, those are just those... for any team. Those are losable games, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, for those who aren't aware, uh, in my opinion, the NFC East is probably the most competitive uh, division in terms of parity. It doesn't matter what their uh, what their schedule is, and it doesn't matter what their uh, record is. Yep. Any team in the NFC East, and we saw it last year, the four and the four and thirteen Jets laid a pounding on the Bills. They just absolutely took them to town, and you know. Their schedule says that shouldn't have happened, especially with the starting quarterback, and they did it anyways. So, you know, it's a it's a free-for-all in that division, and there's no such thing as a gimme game. Uh, you throw schedule out the window as soon as the division game is up. I mean, I know that's true of a lot of divisions, but it's especially true in the AFC East. Yeah. Yeah. I think they just right, well, let's... I was going to say, let's start the show before we, we run mm-hmm. out of time. Absol- absolutely. Yep. Go ahead, Dave. We got we got music news coop. We got your Duran Duran album. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we got we got to talk about this. Um, so yeah, there's a new Duran Duran album coming out, and um, I actually have heard one. Uh, it, I have heard one of the songs off of it right now, um, and I was pretty pretty impressed with it. Um, because uh, it, it's actually what they've done is they actually have a Halloween theme song. And um, it's called uh, Dan's Macabre. And I think I'm saying it right. And it's it's a really it's, it's a Halloween song is, is the best way to put it. But it's what I've been excited about with this is um, 
Warren Cusarolo, who was the guitarist that replaced Andy Taylor in like the late 80s and 90s, and he's the one who did like Ordinary World and Come Undone. He's back on this song. And I always thought Warren was a very good creative force in Duran Duran. And his time there was very well reflected on. And apparently he was invited to the Hall of Fame and there was some reason why he couldn't go. It wasn't like anything bad with the band. But when uh, when they brought the original five back, Warren, unfortunately, had to step aside with that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm really excited, Dave, about this new uh, Duran Duran album. And the other news is that I guess Andy Taylor is going to be coming on this album as well. Um, who was mm. the, and Andy, if you remember, got that cancer diagnosis last year. Mm. And apparently Andy's doing a lot better right now, um, which is which is, I think, pretty which is great news, obviously, for that. Um, but yeah, this album should be coming out right before it, 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 it actually may make the coop deadline, I think. Right. right. So the album's scheduled to be released by, um, October 27th. Um, and it's going to feature a combination of new songs and covers of songs, including Dave, a cover of some, I don't know what the cover is. Uh, but there is a, I, I should remember, I can look it up. There's a Billie Eilish cover in there, Dave. That's so, wild. Yeah, I mean, so there's covers of Billie Eilish in there, uh, the Talking Hands, and just for um, Eric Thompson, the Rolling Stones. So, um, like I said, uh, Andy Taylor and Warren Cusarello will be on there. Um, also, Niall Rogers, I think, is doing some guitar work on there. Uh, but if you, Dave, if you haven't heard the new Duran Duran song, Dance Macabre, um, I am very curious on your thoughts on this on this track because it is, in my opinion, it's one of the best Halloween tracks I have heard. So I don't know if actually Dave had to get up for a second, so I don't know if he heard me, but I'll just say that. Hey, Dave. Sorry, I had to I had to get the mail. No, no, I saw you get up again. So I said, Dave, this new Duran Duran track. Your homework's to listen to Dance Macabre. Uh, yeah. I'm really curious on your thoughts on this track. I I listened to a little bit. I'm a bit. I don't know. I don't I don't like a lot of like talking music and there's a lot of like talking in it. So I'm, I'm a bit lukewarm, but I am excited for the record. There's a couple covers on there that look interesting. Who's doing the, the, the Billy Eilish cover? Do you know what the Billy Eilish cover is? I'd have to look at the. the okay, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I know if you were. Right. Yeah. So but I know I there's to... a couple covers on there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure which it was either. Um, what I will say, Dave, is uh, it's interesting because the reaction to that track. Uh, has been very split in the Duran Duran community. There are mm. some people who are like me saying this is this is incredible, and the others are like on you know giving the Hector, Meh. Mm. you know. So it's yeah. like, um, so I think it's a good Halloween track, is what I'll say. I think it's something that mm. will 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 resonate on Halloween. Um, so I was pretty excited about it. I thought it was something, you know. I, I I'm pretty excited about. It. I'm, I'm very. Like I said the album will get out in time for the deadline. By the way, for my my uh my record my records of the year. So that's what's good because the the deadline's October 31st. So it drops yes. October 27th. So if it's good, I mean, it will I'm, make it. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Like just looking at some of the uh covers. Like I know one of the covers they have Psycho Killer on it. Yes, yeah, Psycho Killer. Uh, by the Talking Heads. Which is like, I am very interested to see what they do with that song because that's a great song. And yeah, and they also brought in Victoria DeAngelis for that. Uh, the work on that track with them. Very intrigued. Yeah, so, you know, it's 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 got my interest. I'll check it out. The last album was so good. Yeah, it yeah. was. I think you know. I think Dave, they're they're um, 
they're definitely capturing on the momentum that they had from from the like that last album gave them momentum. I believe it got them into the Hall of Fame. I, I believe without that album, they probably wouldn't have gotten in. Um, but it put them like in fr- front and center in front of everyone. And now I think they're taking the momentum they've had from the Hall of Fame, and now they're kind of doing another album, which is which is which is good. And I think they have they're they're doing a lot better. Like I thought, the band was always guilty of like what a lot of cigar companies like in like in the late '90s they were terrible at marketing themselves, right? Yeah. They just didn't know how to market themselves. So if they didn't get on the radio, like or MTV, it's like, you know, no one cared. They figured a way now how to market themselves in, in the last few years, and I think that's helped a lot. Mm. So, so yeah, ch- check that out. Um, I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. It will be exciting. Yeah. Um, death. Of, this was just before a couple of days before the show, but the death of um, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Um, now, are you a big Buffett fan? Are you were you a Buffett fan, Surgeon? Kinda I was not. Stri- Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say, kind of moved from musician to more like cultural icon, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like Buffett was more about the lifestyle um, than less about the music, which is which is completely fine. Um, you know, I think there's a uh, plenty of space for that because I think, you know, I think that we've seen musicians do that artists go from you know being primarily music focused to being an actor or being. Um, you know, other ventures. And, and, you know, I think surely Buffett is probably best known for all of his other ventures rather than, you mm. know, his, his music per se. Um, but uh, every, the, the funny thing is you say Jimmy Buffett and even people who aren't really into music, they know who Jimmy Buffett is, right? Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, to some of your questions about, you know, coming up, uh, if everyone knows him, if everyone knows who he is, I think that speaks for itself in terms of his legacy. Yeah, what did you? I mean, it's interesting because he's—it's sort of like the ultimate vibe guy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's just a vibe, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's sort of lived on forever, really. I mean, what do you think, Coop, about about uh, Buffett? You know, I posed a question to several people yesterday. I said, can you name me five Jimmy Buffett's? Uh, <laughs> and they go Margaritaville, uh, and then they pause for a really long time. I, I Someone got the three, and it was in that chat group okay. that John and I were in. No one got past three, okay? So, but everyone, like John said, everyone knows who Jimmy Buffett is, right? I think Jimmy Buffett was more or less, um, I don't think he was necessarily known as a studio artist. I think he was known as a live artist. And it was kind of like a, when you went to a Jimmy Con- uh, Buffett concert, it was an experience. Like you went there and you were with the Pirate Heads and you would, you know, you were sipping mm. cocktails and you're having a good time with that. Um, but, you know, as far as being a, a, you know, and it depends how you want to define a force in the music industry, right? I don't think he was a force as far as a studio musician went, but as far as a live musician, you can't argue that that's a big to get that many people out and to be able to do things on the road like that. I'm not taking that away. So, you know, I posed the question: Is he a Hall of Famer? And I don't know. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, Dave, because mm. I think he's still got to produce the content, and the content's got to be someone should be able to name more than the three Jimmy Buffett songs if you if you're gonna be in the Hall of Fame. But do you put yeah, him in I don't know. or something? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I think he was more about, I mean, it seems like Jimmy Buffett was more about just like the brand and I'm um, just going around and like, you know, the vibe, man, like just going playing, playing shows, making people happy. Like it seemed like that was his thing. And so I don't even know if he was even be 
concerned about Hall of Fame or not. To be, I don't honest. think he. I don't think he would be. Yeah, I don't think he would be. I think he was just happy doing what he was doing. But you know, there is a his. You know, I had a couple of people. They got mad. Well, you're shit on his legacy. I said, No, I'm not. I'm yeah. just being honest here. I'm saying it's great. I said his just legacy may be on. Yeah, his legacy may be on the live end of music and everything, right? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. You know, it's certainly, you know, you can make this. This is the same arguments that people say about fish getting into the Hall of Fame. Like they don't have, oh yeah, they don't have the studio work. It's they're more they're known for their live band, songs. Yeah. So I'm not saying they should. It just depends how you look at it, right? But what Jimmy Buffett did, Dave mm, and John, well, he this guy took a song, which yeah. was. Which we did a Billboard show last week. This wasn't a Billboard top ten song. It's a middling song. It's a middling Mm. song, and he turned it into a brand that became a billion billion dollar empire. Right? He licensed this thing everywhere. Right? I mean, there's restaurants, hotels. I talked about there's a CAO cigar they did. Right? They did the margaritas. They did uh, Lotus did lighters with him. But there's tons of companies that have that have taken that licensing. And he built like what other person has taken a middling song and built it into a billion dollar empire? You got to get yeah, what? Yeah. What What other musical artists could you name off the top of your head that have a franchise, uh, restaurant chain, clothing brand, and <laughs> lifestyle yeah. cigar cigar accessories? And even the most successful artists of all time have maybe two of those things. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, he found a way and there was and I think, you know, certainly from these concerts and the what I call these again, these experiences, I think that made that all possible. I think if he didn't have those. Con- so something had to obviously lead to that. Right. It wasn't just like, uh, you know, so this is why I kind of go back and it, it's, it's tough for me to say if he's a Hall of Famer or not, because he's had an impact. It's just the impact's oh, been yeah. I mean, different the than been. Paul McCartney, the way he had his impact. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, so the songs I have, so I just picked two songs. You got uh, two. Okay, you got two. You got two. Okay. Margarita Phil, obviously. <laughs> you got one more, obviously. I guess. Um, and Come Monday. I think Come Monday was the other one that most people may have heard. Um, but I mean Margaritaville sort of like overshadows everything. But I think th- those are sort of sort of the two. Um getting to five, that'd be a tough go for me. Yeah. But <laughs> those are those would be the two for me. <laughs> No, that's good. No, so the um, actually the cause of death. It sounds like he had complications from skin cancer. Yes, what, that's the uh, yeah. That's the what I read. Yeah, they which, didn't. But yeah, which which I mean, not to make light of his death, but it's on brand. A guy who is known for doing outdoor concerts, beach music, beach concerts. Yeah, I mean that totally tracks, right? Like, you know, either the guy like that is he going to die from from liver failure or from skin cancer? Uh, I was, you know, I would have gone heart attack maybe, um, but mm. you know, um, skin cancer is a real killer. Like you, you know, I I grew up in the last sort of generation of um, you you really got to take care of your skin. You know, generations mm. before me really didn't, um, and in my generation was I think the real first generation where they're like, no, you really got to be very, very careful about sun exposure. You got to be really careful about wearing sunscreen. Um, and I think that became a real threat, you know, I can remember yeah. going up. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, it def- And, you know, but usually when I hear someone, they're in and out of the hospital a lot. Mm. I mean, it usually is a, um, is a flag for cancer. It's yeah. usually what it is. Um, 
unless it's something like blood transfusion related or something like that. But, but yeah, usually, unfortunately, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a ringer for cancer, unfortunately. So he was 76. Is that right? 76. Yeah. I mean, that's still pretty young. Um, you know, by today's standards, I think we kind of expect people to live into their eighties now. Um, but you know, he's a, he's a hard rocking lifestyle guy. So, yeah, you know, comes with the territory. You know, John, we've talked a lot on this show, Dave and I, and I think we've made the point that, you know, we've seen guys play their music into their eighties. Right. And we take it for granted that they're going to be there for, for yeah. forever. Right. Yeah. I mean, McCartney's in his eighties right now, but there's a point where you're getting to a point of, you know, end of lifespan. And uh, we're starting to see that with a lot of the artists uh, over the past few years right now. And it's just, you know, they are living full lives. And but now, you know, and they they don't retire. They just continue to play music. And now, you know, unfortunately, uh, Father Time takes over in the end. Being on the road is a, is a young person's game. Um, I'm shocked that older artists still do it. Uh, I don't know where they get the energy from, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know how they get the energy. I gotta give some of these guys credit. Yeah, it's amazing. I'd be I'd be done after my first tour. Right, right. So, any cigar news, Coop? Pretty quiet uh, over the past week. Um, the Inner Tobacco's coming up in a couple weeks, which is the uh, the trade show in Europe. So you're starting to see a few releases for Europe. Like this week, there was a. Uh, a Liga Pravada uh, 10 um, mm. Selection Mercado, which is market selection. That's going to be the Liga Pravada. Uh, uses a similar blend to the Anniversario, which mm. we can't find here in the States. Well, they're going to now do one for Europe, where I guess they're not going to be able to find it there either. <laughs> um, right. so, but they're, yeah. they're okay with that. They're used to not being able to find cigars in Europe. So, Right, right. They're used to... <laughs> Things are falling off the so you know stuff starting to ship from the trade show. Um, we're starting to see just stuff kind of trickle onto the shelves. So some of the big stuff still to come, like Sockets and Malillo stuff, still has to mm. hit. Crown Heads did ship the uh, Veradas, so they've started to ship theirs. Um, so like I said, I I think it's going to be quiet uh, at least for American releases. I think around November you'll start to see some. Maybe some more releases, but uh, you know, we're gonna be before we know it, we're gonna be into the first quarter of next year, and we're gonna mm. be talking PCA twenty twenty four. So it's it's gonna be a very right. short off season for us this year. Um, but yeah, that's I'd say right now everything's focused on Dortmund right now, which is the inner tobacco show. Mm. You know what I'm focused on? Our developing palettes review of the week, and we got John. Had, the, I don't think we've I don't ooh, think we've done one with John people here. I don't think we've ever done one with John on though before. Oh. John, have we had you on for the Developing Palettes Review of the Week ever? I don't think so. I think this so, is always so. a full agenda with it. Yeah. What What happened is that Coop and I just like organically talked about your uh, Developing Palettes Reviews and every show, just like it just would come up. We're like, you know, let's just make it a thing. We'll make Sometimes it a we don't have it on but, if there's a lot of show and we know we don't have a lot of time, so we see right, a lot right. of beginning stuff. But yeah, Developing Palettes Review of the Week. So what I watched the review on the black label La Madonna Negra Rothschild where you were the John was the lone voice in the woods with uh, everybody else not enjoying the cigar 
I I gotta admit I was on the other side of the fence from John on this one too. I was disappointed. Oh really? I this one didn't hit me. Yeah, it I didn't gotta hit you. And I love well, James' I stuff. It. I love I love James's stuff, but um, my issue with it was I thought it was just a little too dialed back from a. It wasn't like a James Brown blend. Um, okay, it's not a bad cigar by any means. So it's not a dog rocket, but. You know, I think when it comes to James's Maduro's, you know, it's like what you smoked that Dreadnought last week, right? Mm. That's what we come to expect with a James Brown Maduro. That, that bold powerhouse, uh, mm. you know, those chocolate notes. And stuff. This was, was a little more nuanced. It just wasn't quite what I think a lot of people would expect from it. But I'll let John kind of uh, hold his position here. John, John couldn't take the heat. He dropped out of the call. Oh, wow. He couldn't, he couldn't take was, the heat. Did he fall? Like, see, I have my screen. I have a couple screens up, so I have to sometimes go over. Oh, uh, he'll come back. He'll but, come back. So I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it on about it. Well, I, I haven't had it, so I can't uh, say one way or another. But I guess, like, like John, I'm a huge Black Label fan. Yeah, I am too. So like I said, I'm interested yeah. to try it at any rate. I mean, I think the one thing, and I don't know if this is like with you, Coop. I think the one thing that, that some of the guys had an issue with is just the size as well. It's like by the time you got anything going, the cigar was pretty much almost done. Yeah. Because of the size. No, so I think... they're talking about maybe in a bigger size. Yeah, I am. I agree with on on the last shot, but I have had the bigger size of it, and it was still. It's still okay. It, it solves the problem, but but it's just. It wasn't not enough. It wasn't enough. It, you know, I think James was going, but I understand what James was going for with that too. Yeah, but he needed he, to dial it up a bit more for you. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. He uh, he definitely needed to dial it up a little more as far as uh, okay. uh things go. Okay, so we had a little bit of a uh, a technical snafu up in the Calgary area, but we have uh, the surgeon back here. Uh, we were just uh, we were just listening. To us. We were just talking about the Lavana Negra, um, and I was kind of agreeing with John's peers. I was disappointed with that cigar. So, John, I'll let you take it away and give your uh, chance to uh, stand your ground here. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, and and I think that's a fair take. I think um, you know James Brown at uh, Black Label Trading Company is really known for making sort of medium full full bodied cigars. And I think he went in a different direction. At least that's my take for the 10th anniversary of La Madonna Negra. Um, and I think he went way softer than a lot of people were expecting. And, and I think that was a little disappointing for, I know, the people on the panel. Um, I think it's sort of in keeping in some of the stuff that he's done as the outliers. And I appreciated it for what it was. But at the same time, I can definitely understand uh, and see the point of view of a lot of people who were, you know, feeling like it underperformed. Um, you know, and it's, I think it's one of those tough things where James has so many cigars that are just, you know, good to very good releases constantly over and over and over again. Um, and I think every once in a while, he's going to come out with something like the Madonna Negra, uh, that just didn't pop. Now, Coop, did you smoke it in the Rothschild side or, or did you smoke it in cause it comes in two sizes, right? It comes in like, I think a Toro and the Rothschild. I have smoked them in both. And oh shoot! I, I agree with what you said um, on the Rothschild, right? I agree mm -hmm. that hey, look, it it it's. I think it's a little too small size, mm -hmm. but I did I did go and have the bigger size, 
And uh, I was ultimately still disappointed with that bigger size. Um, and there's actually three sizes. There's a um, there's a Rothschild four and a half by forty eight. There's the Robusto five by fifty four, uh, which is the one I had also. And then there's a Corona box press five and a half by fifty, which I have not had. So, mm. so I have had that Robusto box press, and um, like I said, it was just same. I had the same reaction. It just to me, it was just like I felt like I was missing something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough size. I mean, I think, uh, and I'm not a blender, but uh, in my experience reviewing cigars, I feel like you know you tend to want to go with a stronger blend of the Rothschild because there isn't enough time to transition. Mm-hmm. Um, it does tend to be fairly uh, one note in terms of you know what the flavors start out with or what you're going to deliver for the review experience. So you tend to want to go on the fuller side to to keep the uh, the person engaged. Uh, four and a half is just that's it. That's a really short and thin ring gauge and a short uh, size to deliver on profile. And yeah, I think um, I can definitely see why people feel that was a miss for sure. Can I can I nerd out on the blend for a second as long as we yeah. have John here? Okay, mm. so the and John, I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on the blend here for a second because this is why it was a surprising thing to me. So they have Connecticut USA Broadleaf, right? That's yeah, James the Broadleaf guy. Yeah. Then they have an Ecuadorian Habano binder, right? Yeah. And then they have Nicaraguan and Pennsylvania fillers. And the Pennsylvania is usually thrown in there to amp up the strengths, right? All I kept thinking is these must be low-priming tobaccos that are in here. Yeah. For Pennsylvania to amp up the strengths, and it still was medium, uh, maybe a 5 out of 10 on the strength scale tops. Is all I kept thinking. Like, this thing must have been a very, very low priming. And, and then I kind of wonder how much flavor was in those primings. That's, that's kind of how I read this blend, and I could be completely wrong about it. To me, it's no, just, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm aligned, Coop. Um, I think if I, if, because I tend to smoke uh, a lot of stuff blind, I, I tend not to look at the tobaccos until I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I looked at the tobaccos, I was like, I could, I could put maybe one or two tobaccos that I identified, and the rest of them, I was when I saw the Pennsylvania and the filler, I was like, really? Yeah. Uh, because do. it was so soft for you, you combine Connecticut broadleaf and Pennsylvania broadleaf. You, you're kind of expecting the Tatawahe uh, or even aroma craft experience where it's, you know, it's the complete opposite. It's a medium, full, full, uh, very strong, very palate coating flavor. And this wasn't that at all. No, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, I go back to what Saka said. He's, you know, he says Habano is not a great flavorful tobacco. Yeah. Um, you know, so I get, and Pennsylvania is not very flavorful either. It's it's put in for a reason with the strains. So I just kind of went back to this blend. I'm like, you know, I, I was like, I don't know. I could it, to me, I could see why the blend. It, it must have been low priming tobaccos in there. Yeah. Um, which I'm not saying doesn't work, but I could mm. see. I just I said this must be a pretty mild blend he was working with. That's all I could think of. All right, what are we what are we smoking? Start for our guest. Yeah, get it, get on there, Serge. So I'm still reviewing, or uh, not reviewing. I'm still working through some of the show samples. Um, we don't review them uh, at mm. uh, Developing Palettes, but uh, it gives me a good opportunity to sort of test the waters. Uh, you know, collect some stuff from the show and kind of get a sense. Uh, this is something uh, I've smoked in a few different sizes. So this is the uh, Tatawai twentieth, and this is in the Grand Choisseur size which is a six and three eighths by 54. Great size. Uh, that's usually, that's kind of usually out of my wheelhouse with the 54, but um, I think it really works uh, because Tatuaje tends to have 
fuller profiles. Mm. Uh, this ends up being a lot softer than the other size that I smoked. Uh, and I think it really works. It's a lot more um, sort of cereal and sweet and, and less spice and less, uh, you know, blasty on the profile, on the palate. Um, it's, it's quite nice and uh, fits well with the, with the showtime. I was originally, I was going to smoke the um, Pastania SBC 22 and I'm like, I'm going right. to be done that Ooh. cigar before we're done talking about football. Uh, so I have to save that for another show, but uh, this, this seemed to slot in right. I think. Ooh. No, what do you get? No. Oh, go ahead, Coop. Yeah, okay. I want to comment on that cigar. That I don't know if you remember that cigar was out about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And it, it was the TA. That was actually the TAA cigar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fantastic that cigar. Um, and I've actually I don't I doubt Pete brought it back because I said this, but I've been asking Pete for about uh, many many times. When are you bringing the Grand Chisora back? It was the best of those three because those were the tenth anniversary blends, yeah. and uh, he finally hinted to me a few months ago it was coming back, which was great because I, I just said I love that size. I think it's a great size. It's a great expression of that blend, and uh, I'm glad it's back and it's going to be ongoing production. I'm, I'm sure the tobaccos have been uh, changed over a dozen times or more since uh, ten years ago, but uh, you know, Pete, Pete is a uh tobacco wizard he always finds a way to to work with it and make it work so absolutely absolutely uh i am smoking um a lfd football cigar these are the ones Mm. they do every year prior to the big game this is the 2020 edition which was the one they created for uh the miami super bowl so it's a it's a parejo and it's got the big cutout of the football on this thing Mm. And uh, we I had I, I have a few of these still lying around because we do the football, uh, the Super Bowl show every year with John. So he he always sends us some. Um, now, I know, Dave, you have a cigar. I only have one left of those, by the way. Oh, so I don't have any more of those to send you is what I'm telling you <laughs> of that year. So I have other well, years. Glad I yeah, got, I'm glad yeah, I got. Uh, I did send you a, some. Yeah. Got it. Got it for the football show. Yeah. It is. Uh, this is a football cigar, but this is a 2023. Yep, this is the one that just came out. Edition. Um, it's got that pinball yeah. shape to it, almost. The pin, yeah, the pin, not pinball, bowling pin. Excuse me, bowling, bowling pin. pin yep. Yeah, bowling it's pin. sort of. Yeah, it's it's sort of like like a fat torpedo in a way, because it kind of yeah. like bowls out in the yeah. middle a bit. Yeah. Um. No, I'm excited to smoke it. I really liked last year's, the 2022. So. Yeah, um, which was similar. It had one. a different. It had the wrappers inversed, I believe. Yeah, for the twenty twenty two. Um, and then just so you know, John, I I'm going green tonight. I have a green lighter. I have this nice. lighter. I have lime flavored water. I mean, nice. I have my I have my Ken. I have my excuse me, my Neil Donald uh jersey and Jets cap on. So I'm I'm here fully supporting of you tonight. <laughs> I should, no, let me I have, ask you this, have, Coop. Yep. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. What what do you think of the what do you think of the colors? Because I mean, we'll get into it later in the show. But what do you think of the colors? Because the the Jets have undergone uh, innumerable green color changes over the years. Yeah, um, it seems like that the Jets and the Eagles try to change their colors around the same time, though. So they go from the bright Kelly green to the forest green, you know. I'm. This is the Jets colors I grew up with in the '80s. I right. love these Jets colors. They're bright and they're bold. Um, to me, they they speak uh a lot better than those forest green ones. Um, I I do like the white helmets though. That's mm. the one. 
I am a white helmet guy when it comes to the Jets as opposed to the green helmets. So uh, I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I, I like the NY logo better than the Jets. Yes. Logo. So, really? But I like the Kelly green. To me, the mm. Kelly green, it's funny because the Eagles, I think, look better in the forest green. I think the right. Eagles colors look better in the forest green. Yeah. But I think the Jets colors look better in the Kelly green. I agree. I, I'm I happy to uh, back. I'm, yeah, I'm wearing a green jacket jumper as well. But is it for the Jets though, Surgeon? We will have to find out. We'll have Woo-hoo! to find out. Um, so this is how it's gonna go. People that that a lot watched or listened to the NBA one, it's similar. So we're gonna <clears throat> go by divisions. Each person's gonna pick uh their winners for each of the you know conferences in the division. Uh, then the wild cards, so on and so forth. Um, Super Bowl winner and performer, two overs, two unders. And then we're going to talk three songs about the NFL. So that could be. Yep. yep. I have a definite theme with my songs. One of my songs is going to be very, very topical, <laughs> as it seems One with college football. So, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> it was interesting picking theme songs for football. Basketball was a little easier than football, I found. So, uh, um, Yeah. So, um, and then, and what we did with foot with the NBA show surgeon is that like, say Coop, Coop's winner of the AFC East is the same as mine. We'll just like, I, I'll just chime in a little bit instead of going through the whole thing. Like we yeah, have the same. It, it moves the show along faster. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, and then we'll just kind of make note of it, you know, uh, for it. And then Dave, I'll collect your picks as well. I have John's. And I'll put a cheat sheet together if people want to follow. Like people like the cheat sheet with the NBA one I did. So, yeah, uh, yeah. They could they could click on it if they want. If they, I'll, I'll upload it. They, you click on it if you want to see them and follow along, or you don't have. To, if you want to look afterwards, we'll have them. Uh, and then we'll kind of go back at the end of the season and see how everybody did. Oh, that's gonna be scary. Um, let's we're gonna kick it off with you, surgeon, in your division. Let's just get right to it. Let's see where you're at. AFC East, what's going to happen? So a lot of people are going to expect me to be the homer. Uh, again, there's no oh, such oh, thing as a oh. fair weather Jets fans. Uh, if you look at the history of team rebuilding, uh, it's very, very rare that a team comes out of the gate swinging and in their first shot at things comes out and and really takes it takes it to the barn. You know, takes it takes it and wins. Uh, I think the Bills are the favorite in the division. I think that's a correct, good call. Uh, I think Bills are in the position that they have everything to lose. Uh, and, you know, I think it's they're a strong, complete team, both on offense and defense. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna do very well in the division. I think they're going to do well in the conference. Their schedule is not particularly difficult. Um, you know, I think everything about that team says they're going to repeat again this year. Nice. I had the Bills as well, so I'll just chime in real quick. Um, much like Surgeon, I mean, you make a lot of excellent points. I, I think the main point, well, not one of the main point, but one of the points is I just think the Jets will need a little bit of time to pull together because they are a new team. So that could give the Bills some early wins where maybe the Jets look like a better team by the end of the season, but the Bills might have like a one or two game lead by then. Um, and I just don't – I'm not a believer in, in the Patriots or Miami, like, at all. Like, I don't – I mean, the Patriots just aren't that good. 
Miami Tua is is like I don't know how long he's going to play, and when he is playing, like I don't know how effective he is. They have good receivers, but I don't know. So, um, so yeah, so I I went with the Bills as well for my winner. How about you, Coop? Um, Bills as well. Agree with everything Ooh. you guys said. Um, I will say I have the Bills as the three seed. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So right. they're not okay. the, in the top two seeds here. Is what I'm saying. I have them as the three seed. That's not necessarily a, a knock on them. I'm not a big fan of their head coach, Sean McDermott. Um, I do, I mm. do, uh, really like their quarterback. Um, so I do think that that is, uh, they they have a good offense. Uh, they still have a team that's built that could win. Uh, they just have not got it done in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, so you know, as far as Josh Allen goes, um, big season. This is a big season for Josh Allen. Mm. If Josh Allen wants to be considered in that next generation of the great quarterbacks, he's got to have a big year this year. So I mean, he's got to put up, you know, four thousand yards and you know, thirty touchdown passes. You know, I mean, if we don't see that from him, I don't think you can put Josh Allen up there like how we talked about the Drew Breeses and those types of quarterbacks. I don't think he's there yet, but if he wants to get there, he's got to have a big year. I can't wait to hear at the end of the AFC list uh, who <laughs> Coop's number two seed is because uh, this will be interesting. I had the Bills as the number two seed for the for the conference. Okay, Ooh. interesting. I, I think you'll be surprised with my number two. It's well, not who you think it might be. That's why. Let's get into it. Let's. Uh, we're gonna move to the AFC North. Yeah. And Coop, why don't you kick us off? Who do you got there? Um. Well. Okay. We're right. We're right there. Here right we go. now. Here um, we go. This is uh, the the Baltimore Ravens, and they will be the two seed. Um. <laughs> I think they've gotten that contract situation uh, settled with uh, Lamar. Yes, I think now that they know he's going to be there. If Lamar stays healthy, this is a very good team. This isn't the team of the defense of the old Ravens. You know, this is now an offensive team. But, you know, offense is very important. And I think uh, I think they've made some improvements uh, on, on the overall offense here. So I'm, I'm going with Baltimore here to, to take that uh, to take the division. And they will they will be that two seed. Wow. Ooh. That is a bold Which, pick. Did you have. Baltimore surgeon or who'd you I, have? I did not. Um, just like I said with the Jets, I, I think Baltimore is in a bit of a rebuilding scenario. Um, <clears throat> they've been one of the most consistent teams in the AFC North. Uh, even when they were not doing well, uh, they are the juggernaut when it comes to the AFC. They're constantly, I think, undervalued by people and how they're going to play and how they're going to perform. Every year they come out and they make the playoffs and they play very aggressive football in their, in their division. Uh, but I think the Bengals are going to repeat. I think the Bengals are set to repeat. Uh, now that being said, uh, Bengals have got a tough, tough season ahead of them. I think, you know, yeah. Coop's right. I think the Ravens are going to be their toughest contender in the entire conference. Um, you know, divisional opponents are always difficult, but I think the Ravens are on the up. The Bengals are on the down. Uh, so I don't think you're going to see the same record out of the Bengals you saw in 2022. I think, you know, and that's going to come a lot at the hands of the Ravens and maybe even a loss to the Steelers. The Steelers are improved this year too, by the way. Yep. The Steelers yeah. are, are going to be a much... The, the Steelers may be in the hunt with this. I think they're a little short compared to the Bengals and Ravens right now uh, as far as personnel goes. But, um, you know, my the whole key thing is 
the quarterback health of those two guys because I'm I have yep. some questions if Burrow is a hundred percent right now too. So, um, well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the key thing is if if whoever's going to be healthy the whole year is probably going to be looking uh, as far as um, you know, what they but they you know the other thing I just say the Ravens also you know don't forget Odell's now with the Ravens and he's a hell of a talent Odell. Yep. Yeah. Mm. He yeah. makes plays. He that's makes plays. He I mean, him and Jackson, that's an explosive. That kind of reminds me of when Brady got Randy Moss. Uh-huh. Kind of reminds played, me of that explosive Hasn't played in a year, though. No one thought he was explosive enough to pick him up last year. I know. I know. But I still think. So uh, that I don't, might I tell you something. I still think he's got football left in him. I agree. I think there were other reasons why they didn't pick him up. Yeah. But but yeah. Um, I went to Bengals as well. This is a very difficult division to pick. Because like Coop, I think the Steelers are very sneaky mm-hmm. because I really respect Tomlin as a coach and he doesn't have losing seasons. Nope. Uh, but but it's just a tough division because ba- Ravens are tough. Bengals are tough. It's tough. I don't think the Browns are going to do anything. Um, the one thing with the Bengals that has me a bit made it so difficult is their offensive line is not good. And the quarterback is frequently injured. Uh, you know, that's the, not a good combination. They have not fixed that offensive line in two years. By no, way. no. They well, haven't. they're like, well, we got, you know, we we got a good quarterback receiver. What's the problem? Right. Like, oh, we I don't, don't need know. to protect it. We don't need to protect it. Oh, so, I, I mean, but it's just hard for me to go past the quarterback. And my, I might be, I might be fooled by the quarterback. So I might be like the, the Bengals GM and fooled about, well, the quarterback's so good, I don't have to fix the rest of the team. So I might be fooled by the quarterback. Um, but yeah, that line might come back to haunt. Yep. But I have the Bengals. Uh, now I get to lead off. And pro- the, it was another division that was very hard to pick, but that's because it's so bad. <laughs> and that is the AFC South. It is, it is stinky. I think I looked at the, I think like, it, there's not a lot of high cards in that hand. Uh, Coop and Surgeon. I had a difficult time uh, picking this one because, like I said, I didn't know who. I mean, you look at the teams in here, like you got the Texans, which is like, uh, no. The Colts, I mean, they're starting another quarterback, but they don't look great. The Titans, I don't know what they are. And the Jags. So I had to pick somebody by definition. Someone's going to win it. So I went with the Jags. I think the reason for that um, is because, I mean, really, the reason for that isn't necessarily anything the Jags have done. It's more, the other, I have no faith in any of the other teams in that division to even have winning records, let alone win the division. So it's like Jags by default with me. I mean, anyone else have the Jags or what did you guys have? I um, I also have the Jags and I'll echo a lot of your commentary. I think it's going to be like the NFC South. I think it's a dumpster yeah, fire of a sure. division. Uh, I think we're going to potentially see a Jags team that that is, you know, like a nine and eight situation where, um, you know, brings up the question of does the best oh, yeah. winning team in their division still deserve an automatic uh, playoff spot? Uh, so they're yes. going to be they're going to be like, I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to be a fourth seed and they're and I think their overall record is going to be less than the number one seed in the wild card is what's going to end up happening. Oh, oh yeah. 
that's a great point. You know, I have the Jags as well. But I want to make a couple of comments on this. Um, Everybody's this is, like, this is not a double spot. This, this, this is an improved Jags team. It really is. And they were 9-8 and eight last year. And this team put up 404 points last year, right? Which is, uh, the AFC we didn't have quite the scoring of the NFC. I mean, but I believe they were the third highest scoring team or the fourth highest scoring team in the AFC. So they can put up points. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a year three quarterback now. So this is where you have to start to look at if is Trevor Lawrence going to be a franchise quarterback. He took the yeah. steps last year to do that. I think Peterson is a good coach. I think this is more like a 10 and 17 this year. I don't think. And they're my four seed. Don't get me wrong. Um, the rest of the division is terrible. Okay. Oh, God. Sometimes when the division is terrible, the best team in the division tends to play poorer. If you, and I've seen that over the years. So... You know, they may, they'll be, maybe we're going to see a lot of these stinky games. Uh, like, you Ooh. know, you're going to see these Indianapolis Houston games, which is going to be the games, you know, that the lowest tier announcers get. And all that, right. So, Oof. but you may see that Jacksonville Indy game, which is, you know, they don't really, sh- you know, let's see if they show up for that game and kind of can take, dominate it. I, I, I just think that that could hurt them and they could play down to it. But I think they're an improving team is what I'll say. I don't think they're, I don't think this is like the, when we get to the NFC South, that's another story. I don't, think this is, I don't think this is the NFC South. I, I think that uh, Lawrence is there technically. I think the problem is uh, like, like some of the teams we were just talking about the Bengals. I think they, they seem to be really struggling in their offensive line. And I think, mm. um, you know, I don't think they're there yet. I don't think that I think the team is missing some key pieces. Um, I'm not as, I'm not as optimistic about the 10 and seven record. Um, mm. I agree with the, the comment from Coop that, you know, iron sharpens iron. And I think, when you're in a bad division, you tend to play down to your division. You don't play up to your division, unlike the AFC North, where uh, you know it's just a slaughter fest. Um, I think it's going to be the division of stink. Yeah, well, I mean, let's look at an example from last year, which is sort of the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. Like they had this gaudy record, but it's because they play teams in their division and they had mm-hmm. a, a four and against of minus three. Yeah, you know, so I mean, that's but I mean, really, we're all arguing about semantics because I don't think any of us think the Jags are going to make a run to the Super Bowl or anything. Yep. But no, yeah, uh, but first I round, mean, first round knockout for sure. I guess that the silver lining is if they're in a bad division and they keep getting through, you're getting Lawrence some playoff experience where he may not get it in a better division, so maybe that'll pay off later on. Um, because they're committed to him, so you hope they build the team around him. He's he's a he's a great talent, um, you know, like the uh, I forget the quarterback that's on the Chargers, also an excellent talent. And uh, uh, yeah, what's what's the Chargers quarterback? Coop, another young guy, uh, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. He's a great quarterback. And, you know, really what you need is you need the rest of the team to elevate their play to sort of support that mm. quarterback. And I think that's mm. where yep. we're at with the Jags. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point, John. Uh, speaking of surgeon, AFC West, my friends, kick us off. I think I know this might be this might be the pick. shortest commentary. I think on a division, uh, anyone Raiders. who's playing attention, yeah, Raiders. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be the Bob Chiefs. <laughs> it's it's you know it's not even going to be close. Um, they're they're the number one seed. Uh, I I think if you're gonna if you're gonna bet a if you're gonna bet an under, 
don't pick the Chiefs because no. uh, they're going to repeat. They're going to have a dominant season. Everyone stays healthy. Uh, they're the team to beat in the AFC. No, I mean, do you have anything different than that, Coop? I got nothing. I mean, it's the same um, thing out of the Chiefs as well. One, they're one C, but they won't be fourteen and three like last year. Um, twelve and five, maybe. Uh, probably yeah. twelve and five is more realistic. Uh, certainly they're the one C. They're the favorite. You know, the big question is, will there be an Andy Reid malaise? That kind of happened a couple years ago when they won. You know, he's no Andy Reid malaise is known to happen after a very good Andy Reid season, like um after Super Bowls, it's it's happened. So Andy Reid uh, beats Andy Reid. Andy Reid just beats Andy Reid beats Andy Reid. Um, so uh, you know, there was talk about Andy Reid retiring, but you know, Andy Reid now he solidified himself. He's a Hall of Fame coach for sure at this point, and uh, you know, but I do think we're getting to the end of this Chiefs run. I think we're getting close to the end of it. Uh, so this may be the last opportunity. You know, it's just hard with the with the free agent market the way it is, caps, and just you know, age starting to uh, set in. But I do think we could be getting to the end of this Chiefs run. Yep. It's like my, when they broke up the Patriots. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. My my one weakness for the Chiefs that I'll point out that could cause some concern, not in their division, I don't think, but in the playoffs is their defense. Yep. So their 100%. defense has always been like just good enough. Right. Um, I mean, look at that Bills game where there was like, what was it, like 40 something to 40 something? Yeah. Up, I mean, they won, but. And they they have a holdout right now. Chris Jones, their defensive tackle, yep, is holding out now. Yeah. Is he going to hold out no all year? Probably not. But is he when they finally figure it out? Does he come back after a couple games and has to get into shape? And so that's the only weakness I sort of see that could be a problem. And that's gonna, like, that conversation is yeah. going to come up later when we talk about uh, Super Bowl winners and performers. Yeah, because that like, let's say let's say he's at because they almost lost Super Bowl. I mean, let's say he's having a off day. Um, Mahomes or he gets hurt during a game or something. They're in a lot of problem, even if he's not 100 percent still playing. Um, But that's I mean, there's no other weakness. Otherwise. The uh, all right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. You know, what I was going to say is. I think Andy Reid's got a bit of a system team with that team. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say that. Look, Mahomes, who's it? Who's it? Blaine Gabbert's the backup, right? I think yeah. Blaine Gabbert. He's been around for a while. He's not the great quarterback, but I think he could do decent. He's not Mahomes, but I think he could. He could definitely run that offense. Andy Reid's oh, very yeah. much a system quarterback. So if anything happens to Mahomes, um, it would be bad, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. Is what I'm saying. Because I think Reed, the issue would be like. Could he score enough points? Like he right, can run right. the offense, it, but yeah, yeah. If the defense, it's like the Packers when Rodgers was first in the league. It was sort of like they had to score forty-five or they lose. It's kind yeah. of like that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, to I mean, quarterback. the other thing to watch is Tony's banged up too, coming in. Kadarius Tony, mm. so I'd watch that mm. a little. So I, that's why I think twelve and five is a little more realistic yeah. for them this year than fourteen and three. I'm I'm gonna go uh, thirteen and four. For the Chiefs. Okay. Okay. And it's not, yeah. 14-3 is hard to do again, is what I'm going to say. Yeah. So we got two wild cards in each division. So three are your wild three. cards. We have three. Three. Three wild cards. There's three wild cards. Oh. Yeah. Missed yeah. that. Who are yeah. your wild cards? Uh, in order of strength of, uh, of uh, seed, 
Yep. Uh, I'm going to go Coops Ravens are going to be the uh, number one seed in the, in the playoff in the wild card. Um, and it, you know, I think it's going to be, like I said, I think they're going to have a better, uh, win record than the Jags. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of conversation about that, about, you know, why the Ravens are relegated to a wild card spot. Uh, that's going to be a conversation. I think, uh, jets are going to be the number two wild card slot and the Chargers are going to fall to number three. Oh, wow. Yep. Interesting. Want me to go, Dave? Yeah, go ahead, Coop. All right, so I have these yeah, in order as well. Um, I, I went 5, 6, 7 as the seeds, right, because the division was a 1-4. So the 5 seed I have is the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. The Ooh, six, that's right. The 6 seed, because I had the Ravens winning. The 6 seed I have are the Los Angeles Chargers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And the 7 seed is... J-E-T-S? The Jets, yes, yes, so, but so I think it's have, seven. I have a seven, so you're gonna have them coming in at a nine, nine win record to make the playoffs, nine and eight. Wow, mm. I, I, yeah, I, okay, I'm gonna say this I have real concerns about that offensive line. I think too many people are brushing over yeah, as well. The you Jets should. Are, like, I, I'm listening to Mike well Francesca today, and he's like, all this talent, he said, but I'm worried about the offensive line. But he's like, but, but we have Aaron Rodgers, well, that's not enough sometimes. And if your offensive line's bad and Aaron Rodgers is going to get banged around, uh, that's going to affect his performance uh, in the yep. season. Yeah, I'm very so. worried about that offensive line with the Jets right now. I'm 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 worried about the coaching, but not as much as I'm worried about the offensive line right now. Uh, I have wild cards. I got the Ravens. This is an order of how they're going to do. I got the Ravens. I got the Jets, similar to Surgeon. Jets right yeah, there. I think I think the Jets. I think they have a late season run. I think they're late season. They're gonna, they're gonna and, be looking good. That schedule is tough early. That's the other reason what went into that nine yeah. and eight. Yeah. And I tossed and turned with this one. We saw it happen in the AFC or the NFC East last year. We're gonna see it happen in the AFC North this year. I got the Steelers. I almost went Steelers Ooh, over I, the Jets. I almost picked the Steelers as well. Yeah. <laughs> I almost had them over That's the funny. Jets too. I gotta be honest with you, John. <laughs> Yeah, no good pick, Dave. I got the Steelers sneaking in. Um, they, they get bet. They they they're not going to be down. For, you can't get the Steelers down long, is what I'm saying. You can't man. keep them down. Yeah, I think it's the, the difference is that the Jets tend to play much better against the Steelers than they do against the Ravens. The Ravens always, always, always right. have the Jets yeah. number. If you look at their historical record, I think the Ravens have like ten. They're like ten and one against the Jets. Like it's just. Even in 2010, it was just an absolute blasting by the Ravens. Um, mm. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if the Steelers come through for me. Like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of faith because I had yeah. the last seed. But uh, now we're in the NFC, which is uh, quite Coop, less. Coop's bread and butter. <laughs> so, you know, it's. It was. It's only fair that I, if I let Surgeon pick the <laughs> AFC East, that I let Coop go and kick us off in the NFC East, and why his Giants are going to win. Okay. Um. Um. How can uh -oh. I put this? I don't have the Giants uh -oh. winning the division. <laughs> okay. Well, um, can be called a lot of things, but he can't be called a homer when it comes to the Giants. Um, listen, the, the Giants still have work to do. Okay. 
And uh, they got the coaching situation. It looks like straight out. Let's see what year two is going to bring. Um, mm. I do think they're well coached, uh, especially after that Minnesota game was a brilliant game. After oh, I, I was I was hard on that coach all year, but he won me over in the Minnesota playoff game. Um, they still don't have defensive playmakers. Uh, no, this is the Eagles division still. Um, the this is still the Eagles division. Uh, they they lost to a really really good team in the Super Bowl last year. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's be honest. And they lost fair and square. There was nothing. It wasn't taken away from them. They beat no. a really really. They beat a team that's practically now a dynasty in Kansas City. So uh, no, this is I I don't again the Eagles may be a twelve and five eleven and six team. Um, it's a tough division. They're ready. To, this is this is it's ironic. It's, a few years ago, this was the weakest division. I think now this is one of the toughest divisions in football. So, uh, you know, but I still think the Eagles are are the class of this of this division. So I have no reason to believe. Uh, my only, I again, I I think that can Jalen Hurts do it again next year? Would be my question. Can he have a, a season like he did last year? If he doesn't, then there's competition in the Cowboys to watch out for. But I'm gonna say. He's he's gonna do it again this year, and he'll be he'll be strong enough. What do you think, Serge? Did you have the Eagles as well, or did you have somebody outside the Eagles? Yeah, I think uh, unfortunately, because uh, I'm I'm not an Eagles uh, fan, even though they share the green. Um, my my <laughs> NFC team is the uh, Cowboys. Um, oh, yes, but yeah, I know. Uh, You're getting but I some of that listen, money, aren't you? listen, they're You're not bad. That That's not a bad money. pick. Not a bad well, pick. But, but here's the thing. I think the Eagles are going to uh, stand out because I think the Giants are going to take a step forward and I think the Cowboys are going to actually take a step back this season. I think, you know, the Cowboys had their best shot last year at, uh, at doing well, and I think they're going to suffer for it this year. You know, you're not going to see a repeat of 12 and 5. I think you're probably going to see an 11 and 6. And I think that uh, the, the Giants are going to take a step forward. I think, you know, it's going to, like Coop said, I think it's, it's a very competitive division. Uh, but I think they're going to be a little bit of eating their young in that division where, um, you know, the Giants and the Cowboys are going to are going to beat each other up and the com- commanders or whatever they're called now. Uh, <laughs> they're they're going to be the whipping boy of that division. So, you know, I think they they, they, they have a very good chance of going 0-4 in that division this year. No, it's a good pick. I mean, we'll talk about the Cowboys later for me. I mean, I don't have far off from what you're saying. Um, oh, Cowboys for me. I mean, like Coop, I agree with everything Coop said about the Eagles. I have the Eagles as well. Cowboys for me, it seems surging like very boomer bust. It seems yeah. very like the, they're a team that they have a really high ceiling, but they also have a really low floor. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yep. But but yeah, I mean, I don't think I I I don't I think Dak's good. I mean, I think the team's solid. So yeah, they could pull it together. Um. NFC North. You're up, Dave. Coop. Oh, oh, me. Let's we'll do it. Let's do it. I'm from. I'm from the NFC North. I okay. I'm just gonna start off. I know the how about the cigar guy is gonna hate me, but I think the Vikings this year are like the Raiders of a couple years ago, in that the Raiders, everybody loved the Raiders because they won all these close games by one score or less, and then next year they came out and won four games. They're like, oh, I guess they're actually bad. And that's like the Vikings. You're not going to win 11 one-score games. And you had a for and against of minus three. And that's with Justin Jefferson having one of the best years wide receivers ever had. And you still Absolutely. were minus three. Wasn't it, he should have been the MVP consideration, too. 
Um, so I don't have them there. I have. I'm. I'm. I'm sipping the Kool Aid. Oh, I'm buying into the hype. I have the Lions. <sighs> I have the Lions. I bought the hype. I bought to my Detroit brothers and sisters. The Lions. I, the the thing with the Lions is going to be can golf do it? I don't know. But I don't think. But it's sort of like I don't think the Bears are going to do it. I already said the Vikings. Their defense is just so bad that I just don't know how that's going to work. I went to Lions. I threw it out there. Anyone? Anyone? Have anyone else? Or did you guys go Lions as well? Surgeon looks just perplexed, just shocked. I did not go with the Lions. Um, I did not buy into the hype because I watch a lot of Lions games and I know <laughs> that uh, you know. Talk about a long-suffering franchise. Mm. Um, you know, it's the team that seems like every year they, they're positioned to do well, and then every year they find a way to lose games. Uh, <laughs> I think the Vikings are going to repeat, but I think they are going to take a step down. I don't think you're going to see the same schedule that they – I think they had 13 wins last year. Uh, yeah. You know, I think they'll be lucky to squeak out 11 wins this year, mm. um, but I think it's going to be enough to win the division. I think I think the Lions are going to be their toughest competitors in that division, no question, but I, I don't think it's the Lions' time yet. We'll have this conversation in 2024, and I think that might be the Lions' time, but it's not going to be 2023. Ooh, Ooh Cooper's. All right, so it's okay. a process of elimination here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bears aren't winning this division. No. The Packers. This will be Matt Lafleur's last year as head coach. They aren't winning the division. You hate more than that before. I, I think he's going to show Hatred. himself to be a fraud this year without what well, Hatred. You're going to see it this year. Like now, it's, now, the, now he doesn't have Rodgers. I don't know what excuse he's got, but I'm telling you, it's all going to come apart for him this year. The Vikings was so bad on defense last year oh. that I don't think they can get better in one offseason from it. Right? So, I hate to say this, and I'm going to apologize to Tom Lazooker of Asylum Cigars. I'm picking oh, the Lions because yeah. I, know I'm, I know I'm the kiss of death when it comes to picking his teams. And I you apologize. love the Honolulu Blue, baby. Yeah, Honolulu I, I am, Blue. But this is by process of elimination <laughs> I'm picking them. I don't think they're any good. Like, this could be an 8-9, 9-8 and nine, nine and eight scenario, too, uh, winning the division. And this could be an 8-9 and nine team winning the division this year. Um, I do I do like Campbell as a coach. I think the Jared, I said when they made the Jared Gott trade that they got the better of that trade. Yeah. Um so they've certainly leveraged it, but they're not they're not yet at, at a level where they're gonna be competing for Super Bowls uh, oh, by no. any means. So so this is my elimination. Serge just questions all of our opinions by on way, everything now. By the way, the Eagles were my the Eagles were my one seed, uh the, the Lions are my four seed, just so you're aware of that. Yeah, so I have I have the Eagles as the number one seed. I have the Vikings as yeah. the number four seed. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this Ooh. is a bad. I, this is this is like how the NFC South, which is not much better, either, by the way. So yeah. Well, I mean, it's that defense with the Vikings, though. Like I said, I mean, they go thirteen and three, and they're like, no one believes in us. And the Giants came in and just pounded them. It was it was the Giants. Real. I got to give them credit. Uh, the Jets. Too. The Jets. Yeah. Jets laid a hurt yeah. on them. Yeah, yeah, you know, not a good with a terrible quarterback under center. Let, let me say, I got to, I got to see that stadium when I was up in Minneapolis this year. Beautiful stadium, by the way, the Vikings oh, playing. Sure it uh, it's probably the premier stadium in the country right now. You know, right up there with the Dallas and you know a few of the others, but but it's an absolute great for the city. It's a beautiful stadium when you see it. Yeah, 
Speaking of premium things in football, Surgeon, kick us off in a premium division. That is the NFC South. Uh, I don't know about premium, but, um, you know, this, this is one of the toughest divisions because I, I really don't know what's going to happen so in this bad. division this year. Um, you know, the bucks are obviously in major oh. decline. Uh, you're going to have the Panthers homers out there. thinking the Panthers have it, have what it takes to, uh, to take the lead, but I don't think they're there. Um, I think you're going to see the, the veritable, uh, Phoenix rising from the ashes here with the saints. I think Saints are going to come in. I think they're going to take the division, uh, much to the shock of uh, people in the NFC South. Uh, I think they've got they've got what it takes to come out with a third uh, third seed win. I think they're going to be a third seed third third oh. seed team, um, but uh, it's not going to be an amazing record. I think you know I think if they get ten wins, that'll probably be that'll probably be enough for the third seed. But uh, yeah, Saints. Well, you got Coop. You got the Saints as well, or this is another. This is another. Like last year, this was an eight-nine team that won the division. Um, with, uh, with Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay is not winning the division this year. No. Um, you know, I have to look at the team that I think has made the most improvement. Uh, in the last couple of years now, that would narrow it down to two. It would narrow it down to Carolina and Atlanta. But I think Carolina has made – they're going with, it, obviously, a rookie quarterback, so it's going to make it that much tougher. So yeah. I am actually going to go with the Atlanta Falcons here to win this division. They'll wow. Be uh, I think they're making some progress there uh, with, with that offense. Uh, so I don't love the Atlanta Falcons by any means. Um, I think they got some questions, obviously. The, the, the big question they're going to have um, – you know the quarterback's a big, a big question there. But I do. Is is Henneke going to be the starter? Is that the plan? Is it? I don't know. I don't think so. Who's starter? Possibly. Who, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's been announced. I don't think it's been I announced. Don't follow, <laughs> I don't follow Falcons Corner. I don't know. But but Arthur <laughs> Smith. Arthur Smith is a system type of coach. He's an offensive. He's a system type of coach. I don't think it matters too much who's in there. Um, but I believe that Taylor Henneke is going to be the starter on that, on that. Sure. And I could be wrong. Yeah. If, if any, if anyone's listening, who is a Falcons person, please let me know. But I don't think, like I said, this is one of those cases. If you're in the Arthur Smith's offense, it, it, uh, it doesn't matter there. Um, in this case. So, uh, I would say, um, I would say it's going to be, you know, I think it's, I'm not sure who the starter is, but I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Taylor, Taylor, uh, excuse me, the Atlanta Falcons right now. Wow. So, I looked at this division, and I said, do I have to pick a winner? Can I just say, like, uh, none? But the there is, in this division, um, I do have a shirt that was autographed in the 90s by, this, by a team in this division. And out of all the autographs on the shirt on the team, one of the autographs was 10 times the size of everybody else in his rookie year. And he signed his S with a dollar sign. And that, of course, is Deion Sanders. I'm picking the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, but wow. By the way, Desmond Ritter is listed as the on the ESPN depth chart as one, which is still surprising to me. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I think the Falcons may have improved on defense, but then it's like that division's so bad. It's sort of like instead of playing the season, can everybody just get together and flip a coin and like rock, paper, scissors, who wins? Or I mean, I have no idea. Who I mean so the Falcons, I picked just because I think they moderately improved. 
they, I just don't have any faith in anyone else. You know, they they actually defense have made some significant improvements on defense. Yeah. is what I'll say too. Um, so like I said, this is this is like this is the yeah this is another division that's a, a dumpster it's fire so in my bad. opinion it's too. Because so I I don't think I don't I'm not a big believer in the Saints right now. Uh, and like I said, the, the Panthers are in rebuild mode. Tampa Bay. I want I want what's his face to do well. Um um uh 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 what's his name? Why am I drawing? I'm getting old now. Uh Mayfield. What, uh, Baker. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. I do want him to do well. I think but it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry, Seth, but yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but that's all right. I mean, to 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 your point though, Surgeon, I mean, really, like the Saints have as good a chance as any to win I mean, it's not like what you know. I mean, who knows? You look at the um, over under, it's it's anyone's game. Jeez. Uh, this takes us to, I guess, another, a division, I'll kick us off. It's a division that I think has a lot of, it's a lot of mystery around this division because mm-hmm. we got some holdouts, um, and we got some, you know, moves and that's the NFC West. So I went with the 49ers because I think they're too good, except they do have some holdouts. And there's a big question mark on their quarterback. I think their competition is Seattle. Because uh, I don't think the other two teams that they're in. I mean, the other two are in rebuild mode. I mean, really. So I just think the 49ers defense is too good. I think they'll win a lot of games like 13 to 10, 17 to, you know, three, like stuff like that. Um. So, yeah, so I got the 49ers. Mainly on their, almost entirely on their defense, and their offense being just good enough to not turn it over a whole lot. Um, what does does anyone have? Either the Forty ers or do you guys have different different ones? Or I I also have the Forty ers Um, Ooh. you know, I think I think this is going to from the Seahawks. Uh, Geno Smith, the big, the big question is going to be: Can he have a mm. repeat performance of last year? Can he step up? Is he going to regress? Um, you know, he's really the key picture of whether they're going to win in their division, whether they're going to do well, mm. but, uh, 49ers are just too complete of a team. There is a lot of question mark around the quarterback, but, uh, systematically they're, they're, they're really a really talented team on offense and defense. And I think it's going to be very tough to unseat them as, as the divisional lead. Mm. You in the same boat coop or would you, yeah. where'd you go? Yeah, I went 49ers. Uh look, the defense is great. Uh now I consider a guy, my friend Steve Wilkes is the uh, defensive coordinator of the Niners. Um he I talked to him. He, I was not a big Kyle Shanahan believer as a head coach. After talking to Steve Wilkes, I think Kyle Shanahan's great, by the way. I do. Uh he sees there's a lot of things he told me that there's something you don't understand. Um that being said, the issue with this team is quarterback. And mm, I here, here's what I'm just gonna say, John. Don't get mad at me for saying this. Oh, here we Aaron go. Rodgers here we go. Win, if Aaron Rodgers wanted to win a Super Bowl, yeah, he should have gone to the 49ers. Could you imagine if he went to the 49ers? This would be case closed. This would be the yeah. odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And now, now they have Brock Purdy and uh, Sam Sam Donald. Ooh, okay. Man. So look, and I'm, not, I'm sorry. You, you, those are not in, in a big. In a big January playoff game, I, look, I know what Purdy did last year was incredible. It doesn't usually – Cinderella's slipper doesn't usually last forever is what I'm just no. going to tell you. No. And he still was a seventh-round uh, 
Mr. Irrelevant pick, okay? So he's got proof to me in this, and he's coming off a bad injury on top of this, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and look, Sam Donald, I think he improved the – he improves in the sleeve of the Jets, but but I mean, to me, if Aaron Rodgers cared about winning championships, this would have been a done deal. He would have went to the point. Oh, no, I agree. They would have found a way to, to get salary for him, uh, too. So I think they win this division. There's a two seed, but um, it, it I think Seattle. I think you nailed it. If you know Smith has a great year again, they're gonna challenge. Seattle's gonna be a, a thorn in the Niners' side all year. Um, the Rams just they mortgaged everything to win it a couple years yeah. ago. And the Cardinals are a mess. I mean, it's just man. Uh, they brought in a. Uh, they have no quarterback. My, Murray probably isn't going to play this year. Uh, and they brought in a coach who a lot of people don't think was ready to be a head coach. So <laughs> that's a problem. Forty ers fans better hope that Darnold doesn't start. I mean, they, they got a problem. The, they got a problem at quarterback right now. I mean, they have a but big that's problem. The, that's the thing. That's the thing with that team, isn't it? Really? Because I mean, they got. Um, Debo Samuel and and McCaffrey and stuff. It's 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 now the league has a whole off season to game plan against Purdy. They you know, yeah, it's that's a big point, this, Dave. That's a great point. And so if he starts coughing the ball up, like I don't care how good your defense is, you keep running him out there. Yeah, it's not gonna be pretty. No, it, it totally. It's that's I agree with you a thousand percent on that. And uh, you think it is? This is the four like. The 49ers, are, the one thing you never worried about with 49er teams when they were good was quarterback. That's their biggest problem right now. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. There's a, I was just going to say, there's a lot of pressure on them, too, because they just traded Lance for like a ham sandwich. Uh-huh. So if, if they, they – for how much they gave up to get them, if the quarterbacks fall apart and they lose, it's that's well, going to haunt them. Why is John Lynch not being held accountable for this Trey Lance bust? From a he will be, he will be at the end of the season. Right? He, he, he absolutely. John Lynch is the only thing. The only reason why he's not being held is the, all the other parts are there, right? But this was mm-hmm. a this was mishandled. I would have. I understand they they didn't want to pay Garoppolo. I understand that, right? But Jimmy Garoppolo is still your best option going into the season. Yeah, and you let him go. I don't just, think the um. I don't think the Forty ers were ever in serious contention for Rodgers. I don't think they're willing to pay. What Rodgers right. was asking, I think that that's what it really came down to. I think if I, you'd ask Rodgers, I think 49ers and the Jets were his two teams that he wanted to go to. And I think 49ers was his number one pick, but they just weren't willing to, to cough up the salary. Right. right. And I should say that it's not all on, I'm not putting it all on Rodgers, but I mean, somehow I, I just say, man, his people call him saying, look, this is like a marriage made in heaven here. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, we, we could win a couple of rings with this right now. Let's, let's figure this out. And it just seemed like, it didn't get figured out. The Jets kind of the Jets sent their guys out to California, but again, why isn't that on John Lynch? This is and and if the quarterback play is bad and Rodgers is good, you watch that's going to turn on the Niners. They start two and three again. Um, um, but I won't blame Kyle Shanahan because Steve Steve Wilkes told me what a great coach he is, and and I really respect Steve Wilkes a lot. Yes, he was on the Coop Show. Um, but I did get to talk to him a little off the air and stuff like that. So it's a GM problem for sure. It's a GM problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep, so it's not a coach problem. Uh, so if Robbie's listening to me, I always was on Kyle Shanahan's case. You won't hear me on Kyle Shanahan this year, Robbie. So, uh, surgeon, your wild cards, my friend. Let's let's get yeah. let's get here. Let's get the yeah, I think it's gonna there. be it's gonna be a tight wild card uh, slot. I think people are gonna be looking at the wild card. Uh, so five, six, and seven, and I think it's gonna be 
all down a strength of schedule. I think it's going to be tiebreakers that decide this. So, oh wow, okay. uh, I've got my five, six, and seven, but I think these could they could they could switch around depending on strength of schedule wins. Um, so, in the number five spot, I've got the Cowboys. I think it's a like I yeah. said, I think they're going to do ten wins. Uh, they're going to slot in, and right behind them is going to be the Lions, and I think the, the Lions are also going to have a ten win schedule. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a strength of strength of schedule split. Uh, and then this, I've got the Seahawks as, as my number seven. Um, Ooh. and it's it really comes down to Geno Smith. So, you know, Geno could take them up to 10 wins, uh, but they could also, they could also decline. So, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting, that's going to be the wild card division that that's going to be the wild card spot to follow all year. I think. Yeah, I, I'm pretty similar to surgeon. I have Cowboys coming in at that, that, uh, fifth spot. Seattle coming in at the seventh spot. And in the sixth, I have Coop's coach of the year, LaFleur, and the Packers. Ooh. They have a good defense. I mean, they had a good defense last year, and they didn't live up to it. But they have a good defense. I guess the question mark is love, obviously. Um, Is he good enough to do it? Uh, I think... I don't think they're going to win a ton of games. I mean, I don't think they're going to go like 13 and four or something, but I think they can get that, that wild card spot. If he, if he, you know, um, if that defense plays like it should. So I went Packers for number six. So Cowboys, Packers, Seattle for me. Interesting. Coop almost choked and died on air when I said that. So I, I almost, yeah. Considering I think the will be the, Fired after this season. <laughs> yep. If he's uh, not fired before the end of the season. Yeah. Wow. Well, he's bad. Yeah. I, I, everyone gives me the every year I heard excuses about how this guy he wins regular. He's not going to win regular season games this year, though. So that's going to be the difference. If, I want if they don't make like the playoffs, I think uh, his tenure might be done. Well, definitely because they like put all the stock in their love. So, which, but, which ahead, to me, that's a little unfair, by the way, too, because you know you took away. A Hall of Fame quarterback who still can play from this guy, um, but I think there's other problems with that that team has had every year. That's where I get that. So, who do you have for your wild cards, Coop? Uh, I have the Cowboys as a very strong uh, the five, mm. very strong wild card team. Um, and what's interesting is if if it comes up to playing um, Detroit, they may be able to beat Detroit and win a playoff game. So, watch out for that. Uh, I am on the Seattle bandwagon as well. I think they're very. I think the Seattle is uh, Bear who hates Pete Carroll is going to hate me for saying it. I think Pete Carroll's <laughs> done a great job rebuilding this team. Um, and he, he had them playing last year. He had them playing above above what they should be playing. Yep. Uh, I I always was a Geno Smith guy. Even when he got even when Manning got benched for him, I mm. said he he did not play bad oh, in that yeah. game for us. And. Uh, they should have just left Gino alone that year, let, let Manning ride out the streak, and I think Gino would have been playing for the Giants. Uh, I actually liked what I saw from him. He was Johnny was terrible with the Jets. There's no doubt about that, right? Yeah. But but when he came to the Giants, I was seeing that they were working. It seemed like his game was being worked on. And the seventeen is the Homer hat. Uh, Here it is. Here it it's is. The Giants. It's the Giants. Uh, Very realistic. It's it's look. I'm not on you guys for not picking the Giants. We. We played above our heads last year. Um, I'm worried about the Daniel Jones contract for sure. Um, but uh, he, uh, to see what happens. Let's see if Jones could do it again. I don't mm. think we should. I, I would not have given Jones the money. 
I know people are saying it's out and it's not as bad, but I, I just that's how I feel. I, you know, I would not have given Daniel Jones the money. I would have tried to go for, go for someone else, but it is what it is. Uh, now we could just uh, move on, right? He's going to be our quarterback for the next 10 years unless he gets hurt or something. So uh, the Giants will be a seven team, and they will they will go out to San Francisco and, and get beat. So, uh, <laughs> but, but what I'll look for with the Giants this year is for them to make progress. You know, just I want to see the defense play a little better. Uh, make yeah. some. They need some more playmakers on defense. Let me see that because I think tw- this is a team being built for twenty twenty five and beyond too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So we got our we got our th- divisions now. We're gonna go Super Bowl predictions. So who's it gonna be? Who's gonna win? And who's gonna do the halftime show? Surgeon, you're the guest. Lead us off. I think we'll all be fairly similar, but uh, probably. Um, so Lions I think and Bengals for you. Uh, yeah, the uh, the AFC is going to be the Bills. Uh, Bills are going to beat the Jets in the divisional round in a heartbreaker. Um, you know, the Jets are just going to come up short in the divisional round against the Bills. Uh, it's going to be a very close game. I'm going to I'm going to call that game at four points. Uh, Bills are going to do just enough to to win. And then they're going to go in strong against the Eagles, and they're going to carry that into the Super Bowl and beat the Eagles. And uh, boy, are Philadelphia fans going to be upset when the Bills take them out and Bills finally get their vindication and get a ring. Ooh, do you have a guess on the halftime performer? So I've been watching a lot of rumors, and I think it's going to be Harry Styles. Ooh. Uh, I think they're going to switch it up for a male performer this year, but I think there has been some rumors just because we got to, we got to fit it into the uh, jukebox show. There has been some rumors about, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think she's going to be the headliner, but making an appearance, Dolly Parton. There has been, there has been Dolly Parton rumors. She, she was originally, Oh, I can't remember when it might've been the eighties or something. They asked her to do it, and she declined because she mm-hmm. had something else on. So, but there have been there have been rumors floated. I, I, I think great. Dolly Parton at the at the Super Bowl performance would be oh, legendary. Amazing. I like that pick, Coop. You got a Super Bowl predictions here? Yes. Um, and you're this is going to be a shocker to everyone too. Um, I got the Bills in the AFC as well. Jeez. And I got the Eagles Ooh. in the NFC. But I think the difference is I have the Eagles winning over the Bills. Um, I Dave, I think the Bills have realized they're a team that needs to be focused on the playoffs this year. And um I think they're gonna I don't I, I think they're gonna try not to you know, to get through the regular season, do well. Um they know they probably won't be the one seed, right? But two or three seed, they're gonna be the two seed three seed rather. And uh, I guess I just think the Andy Reid Malays will come in there. Uh, but I do think this is the Eagles. Yeah, I don't think the Eagles will have any problem getting through the NFC East unless Kalen Hurts just stinks up the place. So um, I, I, I think it's the Eagles year for sure to come back. And it will be an interesting matchup because you'll have Sean McDermott, who was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles for many years, going up against his own team. So that will be an interesting kind of scenario with that as well. So, yeah, I agree with Jan on that one. Can can the Bills Mafia suffer yet another defeat in the Super Bowl? I mean, talk oh, about I don't think so. 
you know, having it within their grasp and losing again. I, I don't know. I don't know as, as if the fan base can take another loss in the Super Bowl. I, uh, I, I like the Bills picks. Oh, go ahead, Coop. You want, you want, you want me to do my halftime show pick or you want to hold it? Oh, sorry. Yep, yeah, go ahead. Um, about that. All right. Um, I'm going to go. There are some odds out there, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that are out there. So I have some odds in there that are in there. We can we'll go through it a little bit if we want. But there, the reason why I think that this is more than just talk is um that the governor of Nevada has gotten involved in this, right? Oh, jeez. Okay. And I think from what I understand, the city has some input into who does the halftime show. So I think they can have some some definite um they can have some definite um what do you call it? They have the input in there. Um and the, the governor has come out and said he wants um he wants A C D C. Ooh. Right? Ooh. And um ooh, they ooh, are ooh, gonna ooh, be, ooh. you know, they're gonna be going on tour next year. And I know that they don't wanna go back to an old timer, but I think they one they would do it oh. and could you picture angus young doing the duck walk oh. at the halftime show at the super bowl i can and that's the problem but i i do believe like i said i do believe the other thing you look at is the nfl does know that they have a strong set to the audience that still listens to hard rock and heavy metal and I don't think there's many of these older bands that they can bring back. I think this is the one that they can do it with. So I'm going to go and I'm saying that then the governor's involved. He said he wants ACDC. Let's see if the NFL makes it happen on that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with ACDC. Oh, wow. Bold pick. I hope not. Bold. Huh? Why? No. I can't do. I can't do old acts anymore. I can't. But then, the, the electricity he would bring. This is the one. This is not bringing eighty-year-old Paul McCartney on here, right? It's not bringing seventy-five-year-old Billy Joel. This band is still selling out stadiums right now. Is what I'm saying. ACDC still selling out stadiums. So, I think this is it. If this will be the last of the old bands from my era to come in there, but but uh, um, that that will be that will be for sure. Um, I I just like I said, I think that there are um. You know, I just think it is interesting. But but I'll just let me just read off a couple of the odds. Dave, I know you want to get to your picks, but I'll just read yeah. off a couple of the odds that are here. So um the the favorite this is an order of favorite. Um Miley Cyrus, the killers, Oof. Harry Styles, Bad Bunny, Taylor Swift, who said she wasn't gonna do it, no. Billy Eilish, Doja Cat, Lizzo, Jack Harlow, and then it's Ooh, Lizzo was Jack also Harlow. said she was dropped. Swift was declined. The Swift woman was given it and, and share because of our Las Vegas connections. Yeah. They didn't even have ACDC on this list at the time when it was done. But Miley Cyrus, for some reason, uh, the killers, the killers have, I, I don't know Oof. why the killers, the only reason why the killers are on there because they're Las Vegas, they're from Las Vegas, but I don't think that's going to be in there. Nah, I mean, I don't know. I, oh, I'll get to mine. I got, well, I like the Bills picks. Because uh, it's kind of a now or never, isn't it? It, it, got, it really is. It really is. It totally is uh, now or never for them. I agree. So they might have, because their window is almost shut, really. Because you got Stefan Diggs is going to be around forever, and mm-hmm. 
Um, but I'm going to pick the never because I went with Kansas City again. I went with the replay. I went Kansas City versus the Eagles, but this time the Eagles come out on top. I say Eagles by 10. Wow. Uh, that's my... I, I disagree. I, Andy Reid Malays, if they... Because I think it's going to come down to Kansas City and the Bulls and in, in the, the Bulls, the Bills in the uh, AFC Championship, too. So, so yeah, I just I just can't pick over Mahomes, I guess. Um, and sometimes when the lights get bright, uh, the Bills cannot find a way to win. Even when they play well, when they played Kansas City yeah. and it was like 45-42 or whatever it was. Yeah. Josh, so, this is Josh Allen. It's gonna be if Josh Allen, if they want to get to the Super Bowl, Josh Allen's gonna put his team on his back in, uh-huh. in that playoff run. There's no doubt about it. Oh, he has to. So for all the defi- I, what I'm I, saying is if they have their deficiencies, this is what Josh Allen needs to step up and show he's an elite quarterback. And that's what elite quarterback can do. Yeah, that's the big question. Yeah, I really, I really do feel for the Bills fans out there if, if they make it. A, I mean, I almost feel like it's better for them to not make it to the Super Bowl than it is to make it to the Super Bowl and lose again because. I just don't know if the Bills Mafia can take it. Like, there's just it. It's a heartbreaker for them. Mm. Well, and the performer, I agree with Sergeant. I went St- Harry Styles. Um, <laughs> because big name act, like they got Rihanna last year for God's sakes. Uh, his tour, he's sort of all over the place. He's in movies. He's in this and he's in that. I could see like some guest stars coming in. But uh, I say they go the Harry. So let me ask a question on this, okay? Is Harry Styles, you've seen him in concert, Dave. So I can't say I've seen him live. I'm more familiar with his studio work. Is Harry, because the NFL looks for more than just someone going out there and belting out vocals and singing. Okay. They 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 want a they want a performance out there. Okay. They want something that's a little theatrical in some ways, right? Which is what could go against ACDC here. Is Harry Styles could like this is why I go back. Miley Cyrus to me fits that better than Harry Styles. Oh no, Harry Styles is amazing live. So he, he is could do, fantastic. So he can, oh yeah. So he can. So he. You're saying he could. He could because that's what he's going to need to do. That's what oh, he's going to need to sell a Harry Styles song. I don't know. Oh, if yeah. Harry Styles has the audience enough to do it yet. I just. Oh, yeah. I just feel like Miley Cyrus is the wrong. Um, it's the wrong fit for the Super Bowl performance. I just feel like. You know, it just it just doesn't seem like a good fit yeah. for a halftime performance yeah. at the Super Bowl. Uh, I said the killers aren't getting this. I don't know why they're high on the no. odds. I think it's they're not getting. But these are these are actually these are actually some of the um these are some these are odds that are with one of the sports books I saw. Um, you know, so I think think you know, but Harry is third on this list. Keep it in mind. But I still think that if Lombardo, who's the governor, Joe Lombardo's governor, gets involved with this. ACDC may be a part of this one way or another. Oof. But we got time. Do you put do you put do you put ACDC in and, and say you guys got it, but you, you gotta bring in Harry or someone you bring Dolly. Do you bring you know something like that, you know? I would suppose Dolly. I, yeah. I, yeah. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean what Lady Gaga's done it already, right? Yeah. Yeah, so she's yeah. not gonna get um Ed Sheeran no Beep no. Beep. No. The Beebs? No, 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 no. Negative Silent. Do I don't know. How about Dua Lipa? I mean, you could have, you could have where they did like with um, Dre and Fifty Cent and everybody. You could have like four or five artists do something. 
They could, and that was a good job they did with that that year. But I mean, that's too hard to pick. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. So for our audience and Jami, you may not notice. Last year when Rihanna got the halftime show, Dave was more excited about the halftime show than the game. Okay. Oh, and yeah. he is messaging oh, yeah. me from work, wanting to know like what's going on at the halftime show. Cause, it, cause while the game was being played in the halftime, show, Dave's at work, right? So yeah. Who cares about that? Who cares <laughs> he's about like, what's the game? going on with this halftime show? <laughs> oh, halftime I thought show that was a really low time. energy halftime show. You know, I, I just didn't feel like it had the energy that the Super Bowl needed for that halftime show. It just seemed like a miss for me. Oh, but it's Rihanna. It doesn't matter. She could read the phone book. Incredible. <laughs> um, overs. So these are two people we think are going to go over. Um, and you're the guest, Serge. So we could start with you. What What are your two overs here? Well, my 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 homer pick is the Jets. Um, That's good. And pick, it though. and it and it's you know I don't think it's a matter of. Um, I don't think it's a homerism thing. I think the Jets are in a position where they have to outperform. Um, you know, like I think the over under on them is nine and a half. Uh, and a half so yep. it's tight. They got to win ten. That means they got to. They got to win ten. And, and you know, we uh, Coop and I have talked endlessly about this. I think that not only do they need to make the playoffs, they need to make a statement and 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 get to the playoffs. They need to get past the wild card. Oh yeah, uh, game in the playoffs, and that's why I have them losing at the divisional spot. Um, so the only way you can do that is winning 10 games. And I think if I've said this clearly, even with Rogers, if they don't win 10 games, if they don't go deep in the playoffs, I think you're going to see head office changes by the end of the year. And I know that surprises a lot of people, no, but I, I think I there's going to be changes. No. If so, I agree. There's I agree. Sky high expectations. Uh, it's, it's do or die. Look, nine and eight for the jets, right? Losing in um, the first round to the Ravens or the Bengals or um, one of those teams is not going to, is not going to save Robert Sala's job. Mm-hmm. If you go to, if they go nine and eight, they got to make a deep run into the playoffs. Yep. They got to make a run to Kansas city. Basically is what they're going to have to do. And my other over, which I think is a pretty safe over is the 49ers. They're at 10 and a half. Uh, I've got them at 11 wins. Um, that's okay. a no brainer for me. I think you're going to find a way to win 11 games. No problem. Maybe even 12 games, but 11 games, no problem. Uh, so that's, that's jets and 49ers in that order. All right. All right. Um, I'll go next. I got, so if I pick them to win the division, I got to pick them to go over. And these are all just like barely over, by the yeah. way. Well, you got to just, just get right over that one to get it. I got the Lions going over nine and a half. Oh, Ooh. wow. Because I, I picked them to win the division, so I got to have some faith. But they could be eight and nine and win the division. <laughs> well, but I think the I, I picked it at 10. Okay. I think they get to 10. That's a big one. That's, that's an over. Seven. That's an over. Barely. The other one... And I agree with what Surgeon said earlier in the show. They're not going to get as high as they were last season, but I think Kansas City can get to 12 or 13. So I have them over the 11 and a half. Um, just because I don't think that division, I think that division's kind of top heavy. Like Ooh. you have them and the Chargers. The Raiders aren't that good. Denver, I think, is washed no matter what Sean Payton says. Um, See, so, yeah, I think they can get to twelve or thirteen, not over that, but that's over eleven. Fine, and a half, it's so. it's reasonable, Dave. It's not a stretch. Yeah. What you're saying here, 
If it was if it was twelve and a half, I'd say no. If it was oh yeah, if it's twelve. But, and but half, eleven no. and a half, that's a reasonable pick for an over to get to twelve and five. Lines are quite hard, I thought. They're quite yeah. like on the money. Yep. So yeah, how about you, Coop? So that's my lines in KC for over. Okay. Um so my over, my first one at nine and a half is the Ravens. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, nine and a half. I think they ten wins is not out of the realm. I think I can get there with the ten wins at the Ravens. Um so I'm going with them. And then this one, I, I uh, again, this is, um, I'm putting a little more historical context into this. Um, at eight and a half was their line. I'm going with the Steelers. Ooh. Okay, yeah, good one. If good you're one. saying the Steelers, and this nine and eight is very reasonable for the Steelers. It may just miss out on the playoffs to the Jets. I think the Steelers and the Jets are going to fight for that last spot in the playoffs. So uh, I'm going to go with the Steelers in this case. Um I know, I know that the Jets are the Jets are nine and a half. That's the issue why I didn't pick the Jets. Yeah, uh, I think that's that means the Jets have to get the ten. The Steelers only have to get the nine, is what I'm saying. So, but yeah, that's why I went. Uh, so I went with my two are I went with the two AFC North teams here. Both I went the North the, uh, Ravens. Yeah, I went with the Ravens and the Steelers. Well, those are good picks. I mean, Tomlin he doesn't get losing seasons, so he he that like you know it's just yeah he doesn't and if he has one. They can they tend to start to bounce back, um, and it's just his, I'm going with historical trend. I don't you can't keep the Steelers down for long, is what I said. I like that. Uh, I'm gonna kick off the unders. Uh, my first one is the Browns. Like, how are they at nine? And a, I don't know how they're at nine and a half. I I don't see it. I, I hate I, them. <laughs> I want them to lose all of their games. I got them as way under. I mean, I don't know. Are, are any of you guys higher on the Browns than I am, or I I don't? No, I don't see it. No. no. <laughs> uh, I I I, uh, I think Seth is done with the Browns too, so it doesn't matter. I just can't. I, and I think this is going to hurt Surgeon, but I have the Saints at nine and a half. I have them going. Oh my! Under. Oh my goodness! Can they I go next? Se- Can I go next after you? Yeah, for the reason they only why. Had seven. They only had seven last season. And I just don't, I just don't see it. So I have them at under. So go ahead, Coop. You, you're. There's a reason why I want to go next because I have the same exact picks as you. <laughs> so I have the Browns. I don't know how they're nine and a half, for sure. Um, I'm not even sure. Like, like I just. Is that just because of Watson and trying to get money? Like how? Like why would that? Maybe the people think Watson's going to be there now and more stable this year. I just I don't see it with them. I just don't see the rest no. of the parts there with them, and and the Saints are a mess. I'm sorry, Ben Lee. I'm sorry, and uh, Dennis Allen's awful as a coach, right? How did how are the Saints? Well, the, what, the Saints are at nine and a half. That means I'd have to nine and eight would not even get them to the. You know, they're still under at nine and eight. They're not a ten and seven team. Oh these yeah, too okay. easy. These are too easy. These two. These were just they were no brainers. I didn't have to think more than a minute on each of these. Surgeon, so, 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 what do you got? Well, in order for the AFC to shape up the way it is, uh, mm. pretty two easy unders uh, looking over the list. And number one is going to be the Patriots. Uh, Patriots fans are going to take the brunt of the AFC East. Just they're going to be they're yeah, going to yeah. be the lowest in the division and. Uh, it's not even a half game thing. I think they're going to be one and a half games down. I think they'll be lucky to get six wins this year. Yeah. Um, that's seven and, and a half. Yeah. That's a, that's seven a good and a half pick, is 
crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way with the with the Dolphins being yeah. as as uh, competitive as they are. The Jets have to be competitive. Bills are are the favorites to win the division. So, mathematically, uh, Patriots six wins. And again, I think you you might even see five out of the Patriots this year. It might be a really really tough year. Um, and then the Browns. Yeah, I don't know how they have nine and a half. Uh, that's another team. I think you can safely say eight wins, but it's probably going to be like seven. Um, so, you know, those are, those are much easier bets than the uh, overs. I think uh, those are the Patriots. And the Browns are two very safe under bets. Oh yeah. The, I like that Patriots pick Serge. I like that. Cause yeah, yeah. I don't know what Patriots team is about. Like they haven't really gotten much better. I mean, yeah. I, have they done something that I missed? Like have they, they get a Hall of Fame quarter, uh, Hall of Fame coach, and that's uh, that's all they got going for him. Matt Killings yeah. isn't developing like they wanted. I think <laughs> no. no. This is guy. He's got to no. have a breakout year this year, and he's not um, gonna. Yeah, They're, he's 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 going to be the one seeing ghosts this year with the way that the rest of the division comes yeah. at him. It's going to be a yeah. rough year. Yeah. I agree. I, you know, if we did three, I almost picked the Cardinals, who were the bottom at four mm. and a half. They're terrible. The Cardinals. Oh yeah, that's they high. could that's be they so could be two low, and fifteen. Though. The Cardinals this year. They could be one and sixteen. Yeah, they're off. I mean, four and a half was a gift for them. Um, so I would have, I would have definitely uh, went with that. You know, the Giants were actually a good overpick. I almost went with them. They were seven and a half. They? Were they nine? Oh, they're seven. Oh yeah. Yeah, eight, eight, and nine is not again to get to eight and nine. I think it's reasonable, uh, but. I went one homer pick, but I, it was hard to go against the Browns and the Saints, to sure. And, and uh, so we all picked the Browns, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, oh, but I'm on the maybe. Right. Coop, you got some songs. Let's look at oh, songs. Yeah. All right. So, um, so yeah, I went you just with. Let's all went, three off. Yeah. So, so you want to do all three, right? Yeah, just um, time, yeah. I'm going with songs that I've seen at games. The first one I picked, I know it's a little more. So, uh, not song. A little more of a college song, particularly uh, at uh, University of Wisconsin. That's right. But, but it does make its way into the stadiums. It's probably in the last 20 years become one of the most popular songs uh, to be played uh, in the stadium, particularly like in the third quarter. And it's Jump Around by House of Pain. I mean, Ooh. you know, it's just that that Wisconsin thing, it's spread. It do, they do play it in stadiums in the NFL. Uh, to me, uh, I know it's a little more college but I still think it's something that I would put as a as a, a football. It's a great football song, you know. Uh, but I, I get it's a little more college but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that as my first pick because I uh, I just think it's it is good. And they do play it at some stadiums. Uh this one's played at a lot of half uh, halftime, not halftime, but intermissions. But maybe we'll see it at the halftime this year at the Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, it's Thunderstruck by ACDC. Um, I just think uh, again, it's just everything you want—a great stadium song. Um, and I went with stadium songs was a little more my theme here. Um, just how I—I I know you went a little different, Dave. Uh, love Thunderstruck again. Who? Just picture Thunderstruck being played with Angus Young doing the duck walk at halftime, Dave. Mm. It would be legendary. <laughs> so just, think about that for a second, right? And this third one, I from—I've actually definitely have seen this one played at um, at games uh, as well. Um, it's hit the road jack by Ray Charles. Uh, particularly, I remember even they would play it at, at Giant Stadium. Um, 
when the other team was pretty much done, they'd start playing the hit the road jack music when you know that the, oh, yeah. the home team was gonna win. And they did it for the Giants and the Jets. I've seen it. So so yeah, hit the road jack by Ray Charles is my third one. Uh it's a fun song. Yeah, it's not a song you play if you're losing, but if you're winning, it's a it's a song you kind of uh you kind of just rub it in and, and play those. So I went with three stadium songs here. Nice. Do you have any songs, Serge? I do. I have some sort of multi-sport songs. Uh, one of my favorites, a bit of a classic, is Are You Ready for Some Football? Hank Williams oh, well, That was a great pick. That was a great pick. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, every time, and, and, and they used to, I think it was the used to be the Monday Night Football song, it and it yeah. was my favorite. It just got me so pumped up for a Monday Night Football game. I don't know how much they pay it, play it in the stadium, but uh, nothing got me ready for a primetime game. Like, are you ready for some football? To me, that is going to be probably the quintessential classic football song through the ages. And I'm not really a country Western guy, but that one is, uh, that's a hall of fame NFL song right there. That made the whole thing about having an opening song for the game of the week. Cause yeah. then when NBC got the game of the week, they've, they've done it with Carrie Underwood. They did it with pink for a while. So if, if it wasn't for Hank Williams doing that, and didn't one year they, they took him off and then they put him back on or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cause there was an uproar. There was a huge uproar, uproar about yeah. taking him off. But, but yeah, ABC had the license for that. So NBC, didn't so they had to go another route but we wouldn't have seen nbc do this if it wasn't for hank williams paved the way for this for sure yep. and i think faith hill did a good job for a number of years as well but yep, she i did. don't yep. think it's quite as iconic as the hank williams no mm-hmm. nothing will ever come close to that yeah yeah and then uh, i've got sort of a classic stadium song i have the tiger by survivor great um, uh-huh. you know it's a multi-sport you see it a lot in hockey obviously it's a it's a forever linked to uh boxing uh, but I think it's got a lot of play in, in football. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that's a good one. And then one of my favorites, and I think y- you might see this. Oh, no, Serge froze again. Serge froze again. Just as he was about to give his third pick. I know. Let's give him a second here and see. See if he comes back. You know, while he's while we'll wait for him, um, Dave, I almost picked Rocky. The Rocky theme song, but that's all more a, right. That's more of a Philadelphia thing. That's yeah. more of a Philadelphia thing. So I like his "Eye of the Tiger" pick much better because I have heard that played before at games. Mm. So oh. yeah, but John is frozen again, and he may be having like electrical problems up in in the uh, in the great area. Good, yeah. Uh, do we want to? Uh, he has he has dropped for a second here. So, yeah. um, do we want to do yours or wait for John? Yeah, I can do mine, and then if he comes back on, we'll rehash him. Yeah, his. okay, yep. Uh, and then I'll t- I have John's third pick if somehow he doesn't get back on, but uh, I won't. I'll All let right. John kind of do that. I don't want to steal his thunder. But you, Dave, you went really. I love what you did, Dave. So I went football players that sang. Yeah. So I went with um. So <laughs> these are football players that have been singers, and the first one, of course. Is the 85 Bears a Super Bowl shuffle? Unbelievable. You know, the Giants <laughs> tried to mimic that song with, with their own version. It was terrible. Oh, uh, with uh, Phil Sims in that? Uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it, was, it, was, it was awful. It, the, the, the Bears <laughs> one is the standard. Yeah, that was the greatest one. So Super Bowl shuffle. Um, Deion Sanders, who's this was making a, a lot of headlines because uh, yeah. of Colorado's win. Yeah. He put out a record. So we got prime time keeps on ticking. 
for uh, Deion Sanders. You might actually hear a lot of Deion Sanders now that he won. You might hear some of his music around. Coach Prime. Coach Prime, man. Coach Prime. Uh, you know, by the way, you know, our show is a tribute to Coach Prime, right? Prime Time Juba. Prime Time Juba. Uh, um, uh, yeah. So that that's a that you know, Dave, you Dave picked this song, by the way, before the big win. Uh now. So, you know, so that was on the list several days ago before the Colorado win, which was yesterday. Now the last one I knew he sang, um, but I haven't heard his songs until I found this one. It's Terry Bradshaw with "Lights of Louisiana." He does sort of like a country folky sort of thing. Is it good? <laughs> I I didn't. I, no. I he's awful. I cannot stand Terry Bradshaw. By the way, no, it's not great. Um, but he did sing. <laughs> Is it? I gotta yeah, find I, for the Spotify even. I, I didn't look for that one. It it is. Uh, Super Bowl Shuffle is not. But no, um, the Super Bowl. We'll have to put the YouTube video up with that. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dion and Terry are in there. Yeah, uh, Terry. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough stuff. Yeah, the um, you know, it was uh, you know, the the, the cool thing about the Bears one is I think the music video was so like I've been talking yeah. about music videos and I think. Like I've said, most of them have ruined music, right? But that one was different, right? Because it introduced a lot of people to who those players and cool were. QB, man. The right. Funky QB. The funky QB, known as McMahon. Uh, Steve Fuller, who's the backup quarterback. I think he has the, you know, he's kind of got the golly, uh, golly G thing here. Um, yeah. John has been kicked off again. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll get him back, but we'll, 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 uh, Th- we'll uh, see we'll how see. we go. If he comes on, great. If not, you know. Well, should I give his pick or should we just wait? Uh, why don't we give it and then he can yeah, talk so about we'll, it. We'll give it. it yeah, on. just so. Uh, so yeah, the third the third one he had was "We Will Rock You" by Queen. Oh, classic! Great one. Yeah. I mean, classic. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's an uh, maybe one of the best ones. Um, classic pick. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that was um. Yeah, that was uh, you know, um, that was a good one. But yeah, I, I like these picks. Uh, you know, if folks have more more Super Bowl song, not Super Bowl, uh, football songs. Just let us know. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's more out there. I uh, so Coop, well, how did you find your cigar? Your your 2020. Oh, fantastic! Uh, this is just quintessential La Florida Minicana. Uh, you know, you get some of those nice spices. You get some of those nice, uh, grassy hay notes in there. Uh, you just get those rich tobacco flavors with this. Uh, I have a lot. I have the air on very high here, so the burn is wonky. I will tell you that, but uh, it's because the air is blowing right down on here. Mm. Uh, but but no, this is uh, this is great. You know, I this was a cigar that aged out very well, is what I'm saying. It's still, eight. I remember when I had it, it was a little young, but it's aged out. Um, now the one you have, I really mm. like, so I want to talk about that one. So I have the I have the 2023. I got it kind of down to the nub almost. Yep. It's sweet. It's rich. I think it's deceivingly strong, Coop. Like I didn't expect it to be as strong as it is. Yeah. Um, but it's a great cigar. I really like it. Smokes extremely well as well. Yeah. How have you found this one? That one's my favorite one. Mm. That's why. Yeah, I don't smoke really now. You know, I was worried about that going to Australia, how it transports and stuff like that. Um, but I smoked that. Like, so Carney sent those to Bear and I. The night we did the, uh, we got them the same day. I think when the, uh, or the day before the uh, show we did with Carney, and I was surprised how good it smoked out of the box. And it's really good. 
I think I've given, I have one left because I I gave the rest out to guys on the team. So there's there is one more left, and I just have that in my collection at this point. Um, that was a good one. I wanted to share it before it kind of aired out. Um, oh, I got, I'm glad I got to use it. They they do a good job with these cigars. They they put a lot into it. They don't just uh, throw a blend out there for the sake of throwing a blend out there. I think most of these blends are pretty similar in the underlying components. They switch the wrappers around. Uh, Habano, you know, from time to time, Connecticut, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're fun. They're really fun cigars to have. Um, and I always look forward to see what every year they come up with a creative design every year for it too. So they do a good job with mm-hmm. that, Lafleur. Uh. Yeah. By the way, I smoked. Uh, I reviewed today uh, the newest one of the newer Florida Dominicans at Solis, that Lido okay, Sunday. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's a top ten cigar. It's really, Ooh. it was great. I have no more left, Dave. I have to get more. But uh, <laughs> when I do, I'll send you it. Yeah, I think you'll really no, like that. No worries. Well, we got we got new music. Yeah, John is rebooting his modem. He said whatever that means. But we'll <laughs> keep going on because we'll keep going. We'll hopefully get him to wrap back. up the show. Yeah. So I hope we get yeah. him to wrap. But he's, uh, I know he feels bad. So, so yeah, our new music, uh, sponsored by uh, Cigar Hustler, uh, yes. located in Deltona, Florida. Um, we, we hear us talk about them every week. Uh, ben Lee was just down there and he, he can collaborate everything I said because he went there for the first time. Great. Did he? Yep. Great store. Nice. Great customer service. Great humidor. Um, can't, can't say enough about those guys. Uh, if you can't get down there, uh, go to scarhustler.com, get on their email list, and get on their social media. Um, if you've noticed this week, they have been putting out uh, some pre-orders for some of the yep. Romacraft stuff, uh, the Quinquagenarios. Mm. I can't buy a 50-count box, but no, Ben no. says they're going to be putting five packs or something out there. So, so Ben said, sure that's what he, yeah. So I don't want to. Yeah. That's what he, Mike. That's what we told. That's what Ben told us. So, if that's wrong, yeah, you can fact check us. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, like I said, they. You want to get on the email list. You want to get on social media because that stuff gets announced very quickly. And uh, it's not just their stuff. Postani, Connecticut is their brand, by the way. Mm. So um, it's been getting a lot of high reviews on the Coop team um, from people. So it was uh, definitely a high-profile release for them. So you've, we've, I think you've had it on the air here, Dave, at least once or mm-hmm, twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, of course, listen to the iconic – Cigar Hustlers podcast, their self-proclaimed number one podcast. Very good mm-hmm. podcast as well. Uh, because I think they give you a, 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 a look at the cigar industry as uh, nobody else does. Right. Yep. And uh, yeah, of course I mean, they sponsor our new music segment. Yes. New music. So side day, we got uh, Kid Leroy, who is an Australian uh, indigenous artist from Kilimanjaro. Which is where he comes up with the Leroy. Leroy is spelled L A R O I. He's kind of in that Beeb style coupe, sort of that like pop R and B sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a track. We're continuing with the Barbie, which I wish uh, John was here because he liked that movie. So we're continuing with the Barbie theme, Kid Leroy has a track "Forever and Again" on the Barbie soundtrack, which is quite good. Um, so check check that out. Check out Kid Leroy. Um, from Kilimanjaroy, check that out. Um, side B Coop, Olivia Rodrigo. I like this song. Now, I like this song a lot. Yeah, Coop and I were just talking about how she had Vampire out, like it seems like months ago. Yeah, uh, and guts the record it's off of isn't even. I don't even know when it's releasing. 
This is the way um, they do it now. You're going to hear two or three singles before the album comes out. Yeah. But we finally have another single, which is called Bad Idea, right? Is the name of the single. It's the newest single. It's different than I expected, Coop. It's different than her sort of vibe you get off of Vampire and off of Sour. Uh, it, I got like an 80s blondie sort of punk vibe to it, and I really liked it. It's got sort of this blondie sort of vibe to it. I liked it. Uh, I liked it too, Dave, and I agree 100% about that. And, you know, I was not a fan of Sour. Um, no. And I think I've mentioned that when she... I got a different view of her when she did the performance at the uh, Hall of Fame, mm. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame of Your So Vain. I'm like, this artist has so much more to offer than what was on Sour. And I think the stuff we're seeing now come out with Vampire and now uh, Bad Idea Right, uh, I'm starting to change on Olivia uh, Rodrigo, is what I'm saying. I think well, she's reaching, she's going to reach a much better audience with bigger audience. Actually, not better, but bigger audience, I'll say. It's sort of like, now, Olivia's doing it on her second record. It's sort of like what Billie Eilish is doing on her latest stuff is they're just changing it up a bit. Like, Billie Eilish is getting more into vocals now, um, whereas Olivia's trying on this, like, punky sort of, sort of thing. So it's good to see him changing their style around. It's nice. It, it, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot on jukebox shows, Dave. Um, what, you know, artist comes out, you know, they have to reach a point where are they going to continue to kind of go in the direction they're going in? Yep. Would they take the risk and jump and change gears? I think when the six, what we've seen in the past is the switching gears has been the better route to go, but it is more riskier. There is more chance. Harry, Harry's at that point. Harry's at that Harry, point. Harry, does he switch? He needs to switch gears. Yeah. I, think. I mean, I go back to Tears for Fears did it in the eighties, like when they came out Seeds of Love. They they changed from this like very synth pop sound to more of this natural Beatlesque sound is what they did on the third album, and it worked out well for them. Think, um yeah yeah i think two of the most recent i mean the one artist that's famous for doing that is david bowie would switch gears all the time david bowie yeah um uh and the two artists who've done it more recently to great success i think is beyonce and, and taylor swift yep yeah they have, and they have. totally and switched the, gears and yeah have got huge success it has um, and you know it's a, it was a risk for them because they're selling a lot a lot of albums i think the next one the next artist who needs to do it dave is bruno mars I think yeah. Bruno Mars has yeah. played out this, and he needs to make a big change right now. Mm -hmm. And I think he can do it. There's no reason he can't do it. But I've, no, there's no reason know, I've seen, I've seen hints of live performance. Where he can, but I don't think Bruno Mars can. I think he wrote out that that kind of retro 70s. Yeah. I think he wrote that out to the point where it needs to change right now if he's going to have a uh, if he's going to be popular in the next decade. Otherwise, uh, I don't think he can continue to go down that route. Yeah. Now. The uh, the album archaeology because they're talking about how I think Olivia Rodrigo has like a uh, has a uh, Blondie sort of vibe. It's like, well, let's just get to Blondie. Yeah. So check out Blondie album archaeology homework parallel lines, which is her classic record. The bands. Yeah, Heart of Glass, One Way or Another, Hang on the Telephone. Got some great tracks on there. So uh, yeah, Blondie parallel lines. Check it out. Um. You know, this was one at some point. Maybe we even um, do a album archaeology off of. Mm. John is still down, by the way, so uh, he's probably standing there to out, wrap up um, yeah. on that. But let me let me. Uh, we got his picks at least. So that's good. yeah. We got his picks in. Uh, the um, well, that 
that album. Um, I was just supposed to mention. We were talking about Blondie, right? And I, that would be one yeah. for an album, Archaeology. I would consider. But we've talked. I'm telling you, Heart of Glass to me is the greatest engineered song ever. Um, I've talked song. about that. It's a, it's a, it was on, I think, my perfect list when I did that song. Mm. Um, and what was so great is there's so many great remixes of Heart of Glass because the way that song was engineered and built, it was almost like um, it was almost like a uh, a primer for doing remixing off of. Right. So mm. it was a great I agree. I don't think Dojo would agree that Parallel Lines is the best Bondi album. Uh, but, no, but I think it is. I think it is. I think and that's, it is. That's all I got, Coop. No, um, I will mention I'm gonna be on Dojo. Uh, if you're watching this, uh, this coming Friday, I am doing uh another one of his uh bracketologies. This one's on oh, candy. Nice. This one's on candy bars. Ooh. So I, I'm like honored because he's got some big hitters coming in on this, right? And I'm okay. not just talking in size, but in in popularity. <laughs> so he's got Abe the Babna, Steve mm. Saka, and Terrence oh, Riley. So Damn. all big guys in one way or another, you know, uh, and then me. I don't know how I fit in with these. Yeah, well, what happened there? Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but um, so we'll see what happens with the with how they set up the candy bar thing with that. Um, and uh, so I will be doing that on Friday. Um, as far as that goes, I will be doing another football show actually on Wednesday. Oh, it's football, a different football, than football, this football, one. Yeah. Um, I'm doing McAuliffe's. Uh, in their ambassadors group is having their thing. So I'll, I'll be in that, but you'll hear, you'll hear this stuff first. So it, but there's diff, they have some different stuff they want to do, like uh, some of the postseason awards and stuff they're doing. So it'll be a little different uh, with that. Um, So stay tuned on that. So yeah, I don't think we're going to get John back. He's apologizing. Uh, That's totally understandable. We appreciate him coming that's in. Right. Uh, but we will, we'll, yeah, but we'll wrap it up. And I know John, uh, you know, we definitely want to be here. Uh, we got all the good talking with John anyway. So, um, but yeah, so uh, Dave, that's it. Yeah, good show. Get ready for the games. Uh, this, you know, you're, if you're listening to this, it's airing on Tuesday because we have a day we had, we're recording this a day later, but you'll be able to listen to it in time for the Thursday kickoff. Um, and uh, stay tuned for, you know, stay tuned for things as far as what and when. I think we know what the next show may be. It's just, uh, we got to decide to figure out when that's going to be. So, yeah, right. yeah, just kind of find a time and we'll uh, make it happen. Yep. But um, that's going to wrap up Primetime Duke Truck episode 109. It should be 108 into the annals of history uh, for this uh, first week in September. Again, thanks to the Cigar Surgeon uh, for for being on this. Uh, we didn't get to do a proper goodbye to him, but he'll be back, so don't worry. All right, take care, yeah. everybody. We'll see you soon.